the name is Law Nation. This is, this is still Victory, Victory Monday. We're still going to keep the same format for the week. Appreciate you all for still watching the film analysis. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. At least we ain't talking about the draft time. Cowboys playoff, possibility, matchups, expectations, and more. If you're live with me, let me know. Let me see some blue hearts in the chat as we build this up for today's episode. Your midday sports reports and analysis from yours truly, Law Nation. Mama said there'll be days just like this. Come on. Hassan, you the first one on the YouTube. Y'all catch up. Come on. Appreciate you, Clifton. Let's go. Fill this room up, baby. Let me know if y'all can get these notifications in. We should have more people than this. Fill this room up. Shout out to you, J. Versic. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up? What's good? <laughs> Appreciate y'all, man, so much for tuning in. The name is Law Nation. Without hesitations nor deviations to the matter, I appreciate you guys so much. We got a lot of things to uncover, a lot of things to go over as well. Now, granted, every game is valuable. All of these games are valuable. That's a better way to say it. And the Dallas Cowboys heading into the final week of the year, we still got to win this game. There should be no talks of this and that. We got to win. There, there's no if, ands, or but about it. Uh, we got a lot of things that's on the table. Likely there would be a situation if the Eagles beat out the Giants, then we'll be sitting in our same spot. If the 49ers went out, we'll be sitting in our same spot. So there are things that we have to uncover. We got to now, now hope that other teams lose, right? That's what we got to do, unfortunately. That's the situation. Now, the Cowboys playing a team that's already eliminated, and that team eliminated are the, uh, what was the name of this team? Okay, the Washington team, and they got their new mascot and everything. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. It's a layup for me to talk about those teams, man. It's a layup to, for me to talk about them. They done went and got a pick as their mascot. They went and got a pick. Let me repeat for those that's way in the back as their mascot. And that's funny to me because now when we do play them, I got I to gotta find me a new drop for those boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, Cowboy Nation. It, it is what it is when we see these type of things. Where is it? <laughs> hey, what is going on, baby? What is going on? Get it down, baby. 
Where, 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 where that pig at? <laughs> where that pig at? Get that pig up out of here. <laughs> Try to keep a good composure, man. But come on, man. I, this is a clean layup. Hey, we're going to be fighting all next year. We got an eagle. <laughs> and now we got pigs over here. I can't make this stuff up, man. The marketing is terrible. And they even had one of the greatest uh, safeties I've seen in my natural life, you know, on this time around. Uh, Sean Taylor. I mean, they put some straws up and put a jersey on them, a wire straw hanger with some jerseys. I think it was chicken wire. And they put the jersey on them and said, hey, that's the statue tribute that we're going to pay for Sean Payton. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. <laughs> so for all of the Cowboys community, if you think you're having a bad day, if you think you're having a bad time, don't you know that at least we're not like the Washington pigs, <laughs> The Washington Pigs, man. Oh, my gosh, man. This is a layup for us, man, to talk about them. Now, we got to face them. We got to face them. We got to beat them. But, man, I can't put lipstick on the pig. I think that they've been listening to my show, and they've been listening. And the Washington community been said, you know what? We'll make a great situation. We're not talking about the hogs that they had back in the days. <laughs> you know, we ain't talking about those boys. But we're going to utilize a full, full mascot to be a pig. I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Y'all smell that bacon over there? <laughs> <laughs> Let me play it one more time. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Somebody shut that pig. Lean for a little bit. Just slap that pig. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just lay it up for me, man. For, for, for the next six or seven years, man, they're going to be using that, that, that Washington pig, and it's going to be a great situation for us, man. I can think of the thumbnails now, but neither here nor there. All right, let's get back to football. I just had to say that before we get this show on and, and rolling over here, y'all. Uh, the Cowboys are uh, looking at this thing in this moment to be one of those teams that we will have to say, can we stand tall? In these last in the last few games, and their the NFC chips playoff picture with one week to go. Eagles still at the top, but things are getting real dicey on the left side of the screen. After losing to the Saints, the door is now open. Three teams have a shot at the one seed, a bye, and home field advantage. That is such a heavy gift to have in January. For Philadelphia, all they need is a win against the Giants in Week 18, right, Sean? That's all they need, and they've got it. If they lose, though. 49ers, they just need a win against the Cardinals. And they would jump from 3-1 to one and get the one seed. Cowboys still have a shot, too. They have to beat the Commanders and hope that both the Eagles and the 49ers lose. All right, so when you look at this this, this sheet right here, uh, of course, the um, the Eagles are 13-3, and three and they got a playoff berth, of course. Uh, they are in the front seat of all of this, and it's down to the last game that they got to win it all, right? 
And in order for that to happen, if not, it will be the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys in that spot if we win. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings don't have that chance nor opportunity, I believe, at this moment uh, due to their uh, losses or what have you against certain opponents in their conference. Uh, when we look at this right here at Cowboy Nation, um, we, we shot ourselves in the foot. Let me repeat, we shot ourselves in the foot. The Jaguar game hurts more than it is right now. And also that Green Bay Packers game hurts more than what we can imagine right now, uh, especially being up. And this is me giving you guys some objective analysis here. You know, I don't want to say, well, uh, you know, it is what it is at this point. That's the best way I can say it from here. That, uh, that goes to show you that next season, I don't want anybody to be like, hey, man, you know, it's a layup. No, there's no layups in the NFL, but you want to win all of your games, and this is the reason why. And when we look at that, we can also look for the battle of the number one seeding. Um, the, the Eagles still control their own destiny, right? They All they have to do is just beat the Giants, and they have the number one seed, right? Uh, there's no one that can catch them. Uh, and with that same stroke of – uh, opportunity the 49ers they will have the number one seed with a win versus the Cardinals and the Eagles loss versus the Giants right and they will have the number one seed and I can hear my brother right now talking about bang bang not a gang right uh, and then the Cowboys in order for us to get that number one seed win at the Commanders and the Eagles and the Niners must lose. That is the situation there. And, 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 and this is what it is. I, I can't paint another picture. I can't fabricate anything, Cowboy Nation. This is where we at. This is what we can see. And the Cowboys are fighting for that spot, even to the tail end of the final game of the season. And that's just what it is. Now, granted, <clears throat> I said about four or five weeks ago that there are there are only two teams, in my opinion, that can give a run for the Cowboys' money, and that will be the Niners and the Eagles in the playoff, right? Playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs, and a lot of people scoffed at the ideal of that. Now that we're seeing that also, old ghosts, you know, old bones, are in the way, and those are the two guys that I need to bring up for this talk or this conversation, and that's Aaron Rodgers. You know, they're lurking. You see that lurking right there, and Tom Brady, those two guys right there, been a thorn in our side for a long time, not a short time, a long time, and I refuse to say I'm in fear of facing those boys. I'm not. I'm not playing. You know, the Cowboys are. So we got to figure out a way. We got to figure out a way. I don't care what seed we are. First seed, second seed, Johnny Appleseed. It doesn't matter. If the Cowboys play their brand and style of football, the only team that can the Cowboys lose to are the Cowboys. They got to have in their minds that they can't shoot themselves in the foot. They can't. They can't. It, 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 look, we was up on we was up on uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? 
We was up on Aaron Rodgers. But that old ghost, man, come back to hunt us. Ghost, man. You know, and I ain't talking about a Christmas past. Them ghosts be just, just coming out. And the skeletons of the closets with Tom Brady that we got to make sure. We got to make sure that if we get Tom Brady down to the ground, just understand that you got to make it comfortable for him because the aficionados, he got them in his back pocket. You do. But the only way in, in playoff caliber of football, that dude forgot more football than most of the players in the playoff times for the Cowboys even know. And I, I do like the aspect if we on a roll, right? Somehow we got to determine that we are the underdogs, right? We had to determine that we are the ones that everybody's overlooking. It seems and appears that the Cowboys play better in that light. And I know I get some pushback from that. But let's listen to my, my people over here on 105. Let, let's see what they have to say. Cowboys better positioned to win in the wild card round than they were last year, and why? Is it personnel? Is it mentality? Is it toughness? Or are they exactly where they are or where they were last year? That's that's a tough question because and you guys are, are more than welcome to weigh in on these questions on the truckwreck.com fan text 877-881-1053 that's 877-881-1053 or on uh, twitch or youtube you guys can weigh in there on this stuff i think i i think they're better equipped in a vacuum to to win in the wild card round than they did last year um the only question i have because i think they are a tougher football team they haven't been able to just get smacked in the mouth and, and lose games like they did last year. The only question is, if you want to talk about very specifically, going up against the 49ers. Right. Do I think they're they're better equipped to beat the 49ers than they were last year? No. I All right, before he go into his soliloquy there, shout out to Bobby Belt. Shout out to Sean and RJ and, uh, and, and that whole panel there. He, here's my thoughts on it. It's any given Sunday. Ain't that right, Uncle Charles? Sacrifice. Don't give up the fire. Everything will be all right on any given Sunday. Yeah. Depend on Depend you. on you, baby. If you win, <laughs> you know you got to pay some dues to live on Monday. Yeah. We just saw the Raiders give the Niners a run for their money. Are we now are we better? Than the Raiders, you know what I'm saying? Are we better than the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Now, the Niners did pull out that win. I was like, God, dog. <laughs> I wanted the Raiders to doggone do that thing for us, man. Come on. Do that thing for me, 21. I thought the Raiders were going, boy, I was going to have a miniature celebration or a celebratory phone, phone, phone conversation with my brother. I was going to be like, 21. <laughs> Can you do something <laughs> for me? 21. Can you hit a little rich flex for me in 21? Yeah. yeah, can you do something for me? Come on, man. But the uh, the Niners pulled that one out. But th there's some holes in that, you know, some holes in that situation. And I can tell you all that they are getting better. They got Armstead making plays. They got Talano doing his thing. That that defense, Bosa and all of those boys. They, they're good defense. It's, it's hard to take away from what they've been doing. It is, it is. But I was watching this past weekend the movie Avatar. 
by way of the water, you know. And one thing I can tell you, that in life, you just got to prepare yourself to fight. You just got to prepare yourself. If you're going to fight, just stand your ground. Don't run. The dude, I think his name was Jake, the avatar. He was trying to run. He was he was filling with his family. He became a family man, and he was trying to protect, which was valuable to him. Now, what he didn't know that when you run, there's always going to be someone chasing you, and they're going to continue to chase you until they find you. So the ghost was still chasing him. And all he did was made matters worse. Why, law? Because now he ran to the other side of the planet, world, whatever they was at, and he included some other people into the battle. They had nothing to do with it. They lost thousands of people just because of he was scared to fight. He wasn't willing to stand his ground. And all he had to do is go into the mindset and say, I beat those people the first time. Why we can't beat them the second time? And the Cowboys got to have that mindset too. They can beat those boys. Now, they never beat Tom Brady before. But dang, they made them bleed, you know? So they got to figure out a way to stand their ground and fight. All of this is running away. Now, we want them to run, but not run away. <laughs> At some point in life, you got to face your challenge and look you right in the face and say, all right, the demon." The beast, the pitfalls, or us winning in the playoffs. We shy away from what we did that won us games in the regular season. Right now, the Cowboys, there's no team in the National Football League that won more games against winning opponents than the Cowboys right now. There's no team in the National Football League when we hitting on all cylinders, score more points than the Cowboys. What are our pitfalls right now, ladies and gentlemen? Interior, right? <laughs> we can still get off to the edge, create pressure, but we don't have interior situation. What are, what are our other issues right now? Turnovers. Dak Prescott, I'm saying it. Like, I know, I get it, right? Ball bouncing off the phalanges, right? And it's picked off, but also being too aggressive at the wrong time could also be a, a situation for you. So when we get to the playoff, there are things that we have to uncover. Maybe they have a person like me somewhere in their locker room and say, all right, this is what we got to do. These teams that we're facing, we can't have these levels of errors. Because when we lose these games, if we lose this game, there's no tomorrow. There, there will be literally this talk right here. There'll be draft talk. And 33%, or I think it's around at 40% now, will be gone. The NFL is a year-to-year -year league. You lose anywhere between 30 to 45% of the people that's in the room with you. So the people that we are fighting with now, we need to have our backs against the wall and know that there's no sunlight for tomorrow. We got to put everything we got into this. Now, yes, they're coming. Yes, they're fin to invade our land, right? We was eating our oodles and noodles. I was watching the Avatar movie. They were sitting back chilling, no issues at all. 
you know, they, they, they had good food. They were raising the kids. They even had a guy, you know, who wasn't even in the Avatar. He grew up as a baby, you know. I can't tell y'all all of the movies, but he grew up as a baby, and he had the mask on the whole time. He was kicking with the avatars, you know what I'm saying? Just chilling, eating the fruit of the land, having a good time, no issues, no worries. But then they saw a star shining, you know, in the light. They knew that there was playoff time coming, baby. <laughs> that star was shining bright. And then they were like, oh, our good time is over with. Oh, no, no. You should have been prepared. I would have been so ready. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have the opportunity to not be prepared. I would have been preparing by the time that ship would have tried to land. I would have already had my troops. I would have already had my, my, my legions of people ready for them. <laughs> yeah, Avatar by the way of water was really good. But they panicked. They waited too late. They allowed those people to settle down in their lands, right? One thing about guerrilla warfare, for those who don't know, yes, the opposing threats were big, but the people, they knew the terrain. They knew the land. They knew the, 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 the pitfalls. So that's why they whooped off Bussabit. <laughs> you know, shoot, they knew the lands, they knew the areas. You know, they knew how to attack, they knew where the soft spots at. So the Cowboys, looking back for all of these weeks heading into the playoffs, what do we do best that no one else can do? 13 personnel, 14 personnel, right? What do we do best that no one else can do? Create pressure take the ball away. There's no team in the National Football League got more takeaways than us. Yeah, so those are the things that we have to uncover. Let's play some more of this audio. Let me know if y'all follow with me. Give me a thumb up if you follow with me. Give me a blue heart if you follow with me. I would pick the 49ers today if they were playing them. And so in I that would. sense, because I think the 49ers are a different football team, I think they're better. So in that sense... No, if you line up and play against the 49ers on wildcard weekend, even if it's at AT&T Stadium, I think they probably still lose that game. And so in that sense, no. But in the sense of just in a vacuum going up against physical football teams, are they better prepared for that? Yes, they are. They, they're, they're a more physical team. They, they've got some, some nastiness to them that they didn't have last year. And even though they're not the most physical team in football, they are a a team that can handle that physicality a lot better. They're, they're more prepared. They're, they're not just going to get, you know, they're not pushovers like they were at times last year. And some good points coming in on the truckrate.com text line 877-881-1053. The 646 says the same or slightly better because of the Pollard usage. Yeah. So maybe the run game comes into effect here in the playoffs and that split that they've really found that harmony between Zeke and Pollard. We've talked about it all season. That could be something that could really uh, benefit the Cowboys. The 903 says, depends on what Cowboy team shows up. And really, it's one of those cliches that is absolutely true with this team because you saw it all throughout last year, and you, it's really what plagued them and threw them into a loss in the wild card round was, you know, that Denver game was the benchmark. Kept getting brought up and brought up. Is it going to be the Denver Cowboys, you know, that show up? Or is it going to be... The earlier, you know, like week four team, the week five team. Which anyone who. All right. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do like this point uh, from Army Mom. You know, she says zero respect for Dallas, right? 
And, and even if you're a big Avatar person, right, if you watch those movies, part one or part two, I think they're going to have like four or five more parts to it. <clears throat> I think Dysile were their biggest problem. The, the, the people, the Navi people or, or whatever the original name of the people, they were too docile. They were too forgiven. They were too, oh, let's, let's, let's allow these foreigners to come in to invade us, to take our resources, to take our um, uh, land and, and, and get more and more resources for them and these sorts of things. They should have been hostile. They should have been fighting at every moment. And that's what the Cowboys should do. They should look at it just like this. These people that's invading our area, we must fight. We can't allow them to get too comfortable. We got to shoot, continue to throw it, throw weapons at them. I know we got a bow and arrow, uh, a slingshot, and they got the they got the machine guns. And I know we only got the machetes, but we gonna we gonna every night we're gonna be shooting our bow and arrow at them. <laughs> every night we're gonna have somebody with a slingshot. We're gonna build holes so that they can when they come through this area right we, when they come to this location as primitive as we are we know our terrain they chopping down our legacy they killing us you know they they cutting down our trees they they, they reformatting our lands right we're gonna fight for it right <laughs> we're gonna do whatever we can and ultimately when they started to believe in themselves, and they, even though they had an inside guy who fell in love with some of that uh, avatar stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> he fell in love with it, and he knew how to attack them. That should have been the same plan the next time around. But they saw and they had the feelings and emotions that the enemy was coming that were stronger than them, that they ran. And the Cowboys got to be just like that the inverse way they can't be running away from oh man we finna face the 49ers oh man we finna face the eagles oh man we gotta worry about the packers man for what they did to us in the past if they found a way to get into this playoff game oh man we gotta worry about tom brady oh my goodness man he been scalping us left and right no fight <laughs> fight fall still fighting Played physical like Denver did, got the result Denver did. Exactly, and you know they they said that they found the formula, and they they surely did. Uh, Nine hundred three thinks the Cowboys come out flat too far off, and which I think is an intriguing it, it's an intriguing argument when you talk about the playoffs specifically because good teams aren't gonna allow you to come out flat. You know they're gonna take those defensive stops and they're gonna score. Shout yep. out to you, Kevin, with the super chat. Thank you so much for the first support of the show today. Appreciate you, man. On this victory Monday, rooting for the Dallas to win the division. F those Eagles. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you going to shoot them down. Huh? You going to shoot them down. There you go. Get your gun. You got it, Kevin. There you go. You got him, Kevin. You got him. <laughs> Yo. You know, teams like the, the Eagles, they're going to score on a defensive stop more times than not. Teams like the 49ers, their defense is too good to allow you to come out flat because they're going to turn that into a rhythm. They're going to turn that into a pattern. They're going to make it a trend to where you just won't score as often as you want. So I think that's a good point there. Yeah, and you've got a couple of people weighing in on the uh, YouTube chat here. 
Uh, Joe Taylor, uh, who's the self-proclaimed number one Tolo, uh, says, I think we'll be better because of experience and being on the road. Uh, I doubt we'll have 14 penalties again, trying to overcome third and long all day versus an elite defense. Uh, you've got Jose Christian who says, didn't the Cowboys cover the spread against the Titans with a little thinking emoji. So thinking they, they played better than that. Joe Taylor also says, y'all realize we didn't lose two in a row all year. Uh, Kenneth Knott says, why is it that if any other team has a major injury or deficiency, that's their excuse. If the Cowboys have a deficiency, we gave to mana or, or, uh, we told the man up and overcome, uh, the goalpost gets moved all the time. Kenneth, that's a decent. Yes, indeed. Um, that, that is a good rebuttal right there. Uh, and shout out to you, Chip Hall. He says, "Untrue law. You don't read the chats with the attached stars." They well, unfortunately, the the restream doesn't highlight those who give with stars, and I appreciate those who who give with stars or what have you. Um, but if if you want to show support to the nation, you have to jump over to YouTube, and it will give us an indicator. Unfortunately, it doesn't do that for the stars. But Russell, I I can see that you made your support, and Chip Hall, uh, you says, "Let's go, Cal." Cowboys uh, for your support, but you know I'm I'm, I'm dealing with the tools I got, man. I, I just I'm a one man show, man. And due to the platform, they don't embrace the Facebook people, man. Unfortunately, unfortunately, man. But y'all know I love y'all Facebook community, and I really appreciate y'all support and the way you guys share and beyond. Uh, it's just, just me, man. It's just me, man. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I, maybe we can reach out to Streamlabs to talk to a person that do the encoding and, and maybe they can do something like this. See how, how beautiful this, this light is right here. Stelios, how long did it take Philly to Green Bay, San Francisco to get rings? Uh, how long did it take Philly, Green Bay, and San Francisco, San Francisco to get rings? Uh, expound on that a little bit more for me, Stelios. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Appreciate you for your support, man. Uh, it took him a long time, though. You know, get your bars up, media. It would be nice if we could get home, field, and, and you know, help patch up some of the slow start. Salute. What what I'm trying to say here is is this collectively, collectively speaking. Both all valid points. But what we can't do is run from it. You know, you know, when you're up against the struggles, meet it squarely face to face, lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet and take a break base, a base, you know. So what I'm trying to say is, regardless, whether or not we the fifth seed, fourth seed, first seed, Johnny Appleseed, we, we got to figure out a way to when they when we fighting whether we on the road or at home, is to let them know that we are the mighty Cowboys. And we can't, we can't run from it. You know, don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fighting trim. We got to continue to do those things. John Jones, appreciate you. And Chip Hall, appreciate you, man. Thank you, man, for understanding, Chip Hall, man. And I appreciate all of the uh, Facebook community, man. I'm going to do my best, man, this offseason to figure out a way that we can, you know, embrace the people people that support on Facebook. Uh, and I'm glad that we are able to see your comments up here as well. But the Dallas Cowboys, we, look, <clears throat> we have to understand, that in the last, what, 20 years or such, you know, although we've been watching the Super Bowl, I think that 
you you have a, a, a chance in the playoff. I don't know. Somebody give me the ratio. I'm just going to go off of a hunch that there have been more teams that won the Super Bowl that's not been number one seed. Let me know if I'm wrong because I'm just going off of a hunch. I'm just going off of my, of my first thoughts here. Because we had the comfortable seat in 2016, right? We were the number one seed, and, and we was out of there. You know, like, God, dog, man. And then in 2000 and, um, 2007, we were the number one seed, and then we got bounced up out of there, right? And in 2014, I think we were the number two seed. So, so in my opinion, the seed don't matter. <laughs> if the seed don't matter, man. Um, I just want us to get in there. We in there. And when we in there, we looking at what we got to win four games. Show of hands. Have we ever seen this team go on a four game winning spree? Right. We played three games in 12 days. <laughs> and I think we won all of them, but probably lost one out of, out of, out of the three, you know? So we just gotta, you just gotta go in there and, and, and just look at it. I just want I just want when we get to these playoff games, I want the four ladder, three ladder, all of the ladder networks to continue to say, hey, the Cowboys don't have a chance. The Cowboys are a team that's gonna fold up in the playoff. I want them to continue to say to have that same language, right? I liked it when 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 Mike McCarthy stood tall and said, We are nobody's underdog. Right, even though they had us listed as the underdog, I loved every bit of that because for twenty years, or well, well, I ain't gonna say for twenty years because Parcells, they knew not to see. Oh, they knew. See, see, the media know how to, the media know how to punk certain people, right? But they knew not to ask Parcells some dumb questions, right? You know, <laughs> Parcells will make him their, make them their babies right then and there, right? But we, the last time we had any coach. To push back the media was, was was Parcells. And before Parcells, it was Jimmy Johnson, right? And you can put that in three-inch headlines or what have you. We're going to win these type of games, blah, blah, blah. But we've been so dissolved. We've been such a, a, a doormat for all of these years that it will trickle down to a third of the fan base. So we, we don't talk with our chest no more as a fan collectively. We have uh, credence and validation to other teams, right? We give, like what the caller just said, every excuse for the books for Pat Mahomes' INTs, for Josh Allen's INTs, right? Come on. <laughs> but they knew how to pick up on Jason Garrett, and there's no shade at Jason Garrett. He's still my guy, right? <laughs> I met the man. He's a wonderful guy. But Jason Garrett would never say, we're nobody's underdog, you know. <laughs> he would have turned red. <laughs> How you doing, guys? You know, you know, that's what he would have did. He would have been clapping mode, you know. That was his default signal, like, how you doing, guys? You know, so they bullied that man, and we had to take it for at least nine, ten years. They bullied, doggone, uh, uh, what's the guy, Wade Phillips. They bullied that man all, they chopped him up. They chopped that man up on national TV. The man only had one losing season. They were ready to get rid of him to insert Jason Garrett. They fired the man before the season ended. Who knows what would have happened, although we got blown out in most of those games. 
decent point. I think that that's just the reality of any fan base. Like internally, any fan base tends to look at themselves and and what they're missing and not what they have. And and they 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 don't tend to do the same when they look externally. You know, whenever uh, like if Philly plays Dallas, like when Philly played Dallas, it was all about we don't have Jalen Hurts. Um, and and how are we going to be able to do that? And it wasn't looking at guys that Dallas may be missing. When Dallas went into Philadelphia, it was all about who the Cowboys were missing for themselves. That's how they felt. And so I think every team has a tendency to do that. If, if the Cowboys were to go up against the Eagles in the playoffs again, and let's say that Josh Sweat's not there, the Eagles are going to be Eagles fans that we are going to be talking about. We don't have Josh Sweat. Lane Johnson's been banged up. We got this and that. Cowboys fans on the other side are going to be going, you know, Leighton Vanders has been banged up. Is he ready to play? Is Jonathan Hankins ready to play? How are we going to stop throwing it? It's just the way I think, Kenneth, that people tend to view the game as 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 your. No, 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 no. That's my guy, man. That's my boy, Bobby Belt, man. Shout out to him, beer gang and everything, you know. Those things don't happen for the Cowboys. The understanding that we, without Anthony Brown, without Jordan Lewis, without, you know what I'm saying, LVE, without Jonathan Hankins, without Tyra Smith for the majority of the season, and you had the rookie at the left tackle, and you're playing musical chairs, they don't give a dog if we are without Tyler Biotis, right? Everything, everything is Dak Prescott's fault, right? And law, do you have any credence and validation to the truth of that? It was Tony Romo fault too when we had Tony Romo out there and we put up 50 points and we end up losing the game at the last telling minutes versus the, the, the was the Broncos, right? <laughs> it's still, hey, man, it's the quarterback fault that he can't play defense. So we are always villainized, right? We are always considered the team that, hey, if it's all failed, it doesn't matter if we got the 31st-ranked defense, the 32nd-ranked defense, it's the quarterback fault. It's the quarterback fault. Don't matter what the owners does. It doesn't matter what whose strength of schedule. It will always be the quarterback fault. And they trash the quarterback. And then when the quarterback is gone, they uplift the quarterback and say, hey, baby, y'all remember, boy, time was good when we had this quarterback. That's just how it goes. And the old times of talking about the Cowboys, we go back into the bag of, hey, man, hey, man, this quarterback was able to do this and that without that. But that's all Mandela affecting going around because there's never been a time that we've seen Troy Aikman win without Michael Irvin, without Emmitt Smith, without a healthy offensive line there, I say. But the Mandela effect will be all into the minds, right? Controversy wins. We can go all the way back to the 70s. Dwayne, shout out to Thomas. Shout out to him, right? The guy that was traded to the New England had to come back. <laughs> but we wouldn't have won it without him. But it's all the Mandela effect. People forget about the little things. Uh, Adam Scott says, since 19 of 95, there have been 13 different teams to win the Super Bowl. There is 18 other teams that have a 27-plus year drought, but they only talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, without Terrence Steele. I forgot about that, Raymond. You know, we got to keep leaving Terrence Steele. But I think that this season, we bounced back in such a great way. 
of making sure that we secure and cover up things so good that it's a breeze, right? And I ain't talking about Drew. It is a breeze from what we are able that what we are able to see. But those bevies of excuses do not belong to us because they are only going to be considered excuses from a negative connotations, not from a positive one, right? The quarterback. I, I've seen literally people scrutinize and sully and denigrate the quarterback for throwing multiple INTs, right? And I get it. You have every right to be angry and frustrated, but your levels of frustrations can't can't or shouldn't oversee the win, right? Like as bad as it is, we're eight and two. Would you prefer and I tell I told the guy in the comment, would you prefer two and eight, you know, without the interceptions? Or give me that side of interceptions with the win. Um <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Giants will play their starters for real. Uh and, and that's what the coach said yesterday. Sam says, uh, aka dark skinned Vach. <laughs> Uh, the chat not done flaming the Eagles in their schedule, in their popcorn schedule. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Shoot them down, baby. Shoot them down. It is what it is. Flaws are more accentuated, and, and you tend to brush off whatever flaws they have. It's just it's the nature of being a fan, I think. Yeah, and the saying gets thrown around a lot. I know uh, Brian Broadus says it a lot. Nobody in the NFL feels bad for you, ever. Yep. And I feel like it's just in a vacuum here in our Metroplex. We only- No, 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 no. Nobody feels bad for the Cowboys. No one. No one feels bad for the Cowboys. But they will have the bevy of excuses for anyone else. For anyone else, they would look at the heroics moments for anyone else. They would talk about, look, for example, last season, the narrative of the Bengals having the worst, the worst offensive line, the perceptions of the worst offensive line, right? And yet, Joe Mixon had a hell of a year, over 13 touchdowns, uh, running and receiving. The dude had over 1,000 yards. Yes, Joe Burrows is nice, right? But I don't think that he had the the, the, the pitfalls of not throwing to a Jamar Chase in his career, right, because they came in the same time when he came back, what have you, and T. Higgins and that uh, Tyler Boyd and all of those boys, right? And yet nobody, nobody, is talking about the Cowboys' pass block win rate being one of the worst in the National Football League. That's not even mentioned. We are still under the notion that we have the best offensive line in the National Football League. We are still under the notion that everybody on our offensive line is still the Hall of Fame that they are. They are giving credence that Tyron Smith is still in his prime. They are giving credence that even Jason Peters is still in his prime and still got the gold jacket. Now, granted, I would give you that my guy, Zach Martin is still one of the top offensive linemen in the National Football League. But I promise you, last year, last year when you talk about the Bengals and they're like, they must have had all Walmart guys, right? 
because that's all what they talked about. And no one mentioned what that defense was able to do in the playoffs. No one mentioned when they played against the Titans, when they had, the, I think the defense forced about three or four turnovers. They only mentioned the quarterback. I wish when we played the Niners last season that we had five or three or four turnovers in that game, right? So we can get some credence and validation to our quarterback. But it's not the same, y'all. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I, had, I had to argue when I'm, I need to stop arguing with people, you know, on, on Twitter saying, well, Romo never had the offensive line. The offensive line that we banging on the table that was an elite offensive line, Romo had in his prime. Law, do you have any truth to that? Yeah, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. Those guys on the tail end, baby. Travis Frederick is not even here. Tyron been injured every season. Those guys not in their primes. Uh, I can't make this stuff up. Now, granted, the front office, for what we do, we like to take away instead of adding to, right? We like to have this mantra over here, and I'm not beating up the front office. We, have, we like to have that mantra of, hey, or that notion, basically. Can he do it without the offensive line? Who says that? You know what I mean? <laughs> can, can he do it without a number one wide receiver? Who says that? You know? <laughs> hey, hey, we went tooth and nail of fighting even DeMarcus Lawrence. He ain't Khalil Mack. What other front office do that, right? <laughs> Oh, man, we don't want to pay this guy because he's not this guy. You know, come on, man. <sighs> we see that conversation like, oh, you should be able to next man up mentality and go win a game. We only see that because that's the only thing we seek out. I do think that there are enough uh, teams that deal with the same thing and do get that expectation as well so maybe it's just the the vacuum of our market but you mentioned Dak Prescott there and this is a question that the fan text is gonna love Dak Prescott turnovers will cost you a playoff game yes or no let me ask before he go in we're not gonna speak it into existence but we can say the turnovers can be alarming when you're in the playoff, you can't play timid, though. You got to still have that aggressive mindset. Those are the things that I'm looking at. But we got to play the fields. We do. I would prefer on third, if it's third and let's say 16 or something like that, and if you're on your side of the field and you got plenty of time left, not Charlie check down, but don't force it. Don't force it in the middle of the field on that, on that play in the playoff game to a to not your number one. <laughs> if it's your number one, if it's C.D. Lamb, yeah. Even if it's T.Y., yeah. Maybe if it's Schultz. Maybe if it's Schultz. Those are my three. If it's third and 16 in the middle of the field. But I would not force it into triple coverage. There's nothing wrong with taking the underneath at that point. And if that do or do it, I ain't gonna say draw, but if you do a play that's designed for the clear out underneath, right? And you can get it to fourth and inches or fourth and five or fourth and two, then punt that joke away. Trust your defense. 
Trust it, but don't put yourself in a situation whereas it's second quarter and or third quarter and it's third and 16, you're on your side of the field and you're forcing it. No. You trust your defense. Say, hey, my bad, we got in the bad situation. We're gonna punt, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take what we can get out of third and sixteen. If it's not the first down, if it's not that first down, I'm I'm comfortable with punting the ball and looking in the eyes of my defense saying, lock in. Lock in and trusting, trusting my pointer to punt to pin it deep. Anything can pop off from there, but don't force it. That's all I'm saying in the playoffs. Don't force it. Don't rush it. I, I It's unpredictable because has he made a bunch of turnover-worthy throws? No. Regardless of what anybody wants to come in here and say, the fact of the matter is half the interceptions he's thrown this year – have not been turnover worthy throws. Now he's he's had seven of them that are on him, 100, right. and that's a higher number than we're used to seeing from him. That's absolutely something that uh, is 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 tough to live with. But right. I can't predict. It, it, it's completely unpredictable to wonder: Is a ball going to bounce off Noah Brown's chest? Is a yeah. ball going to bounce off of Peyton Hendershot's chest? Is a ball going to get batted at the line of scrimmage, or, or is there going to be a collision and it happens to go in there? That's the stuff that's fluky that you can't project you can't predict right turnovers in general hurt your football team when when you turn the ball over you're gonna lose football games and so the question is okay what kind of is Dak eliminating the turnovers like the one he the second one he threw to Kevin Byard or are we talking about like the first one that was thrown to Kevin Byard because that's gonna be the the difficulty of assessing this is trying to figure out has he cleaned up his own wrong decisions if he has then I think some of that flukiness generally balances out over time, and you'll see less of that. It's just a matter. No, no doubt, Bobby Belt with a great assessment on that. You know, uh, but in big time moments, big time players stand tall, and you got to divide. You, you got to develop and figure out a way. You do. Every now and then, the Noah Browns, the Peyton Hendershots of the world, will make a splash play. But, man, we used to have this bread and butter. <laughs> you go to your bread and butter. Like everybody knew. Everybody knew. Jay Novacek, Michael Irvin, about to get this ball. Those are your playmakers. Those are the interceptions that you know if you threw the ball their way, just like you would say to – just like you pat yourself on the chest, all right, it was my bad. Right? And those type of playmakers will also say, my bad, <laughs> you know, I got dog, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I at the bed with that one, but it would never happen again in this game. And those are the guys that you will have to rely on in the national football league in the biggest and the brightest moments are your playmakers, not trying to create one. And I'm not finna dog hinder shot. I, I do like what his uh, skill set is, but I for dog sure. With, with, with dog the decision making of highlighting those guys to be those guys at the biggest and the brightest moments. And I get it. Somebody will argue me up and down and say, well, law, Noah Brown, Noah Brown, man, you know, sure. He was balling out. He was balling out in that game. But you guys can't remember you guys can't remember when we were winning Super Bowls back in the day. 
the plays that Kevin, what well, Kevin Martin was making. Oh, he'll ball it out, baby, in the biggest moments. No. The biggest moments were your, your playmaker. The biggest moment was Jay Novacek, by the way. Emmett Smith, who to this day still got the leading touchdown record for playoffs with 19 of them for the running back. I, I think there was a, a quarterback to get close to it, and I think his name is Cam Newton or somebody like that in the playoffs or something like that. Let's go. Uh, but he said, Martinez says, poor Brown, laugh out loud, having a rough time catching the ball lately. Uh, and, 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 and it's just what it is, right? Expectations when they meet reality. Matter of has, is, is Dak playing clean football, which in recent weeks, I think he generally is. And so it's it's just the nature of the beast with some of those, you know, tipped interceptions and things like that. Yeah, even with the bad decisions included, if you just eliminate the tip passes, the drop passes that turn into turnovers, a lot of these box scores look a pretty good bit different. You know, you, you take away the Peyton Hendershot drop into the interception. You know, you don't even have to score on that drive. You at least kill more clock. You push the ball further back down the field. And then we're not talking about Dak having two interceptions in that game. Uh, every turnover has its own story, right. has its own, you know, why right. behind it. And so that's why it is hard to kind of break down and dissect if those things will become an issue in the long term. But seeing a lot of reaction on the fan text, you know, can't blame Dak for the receiver's hands. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Bell is apparently smoking something if he thinks <laughs> Dak's turnovers won't cost, cost us a playoff game. In the, in the Twitch, we just got a flat yes, it will cost them from uh, KURBYD. Man, y'all, turnovers are like what they said. Turnovers, and they will cost any team. But you can't, you can't bury yourself in it. You know, um, we talked about defeating demons, right? Matthew Stafford, no one in the National Football League, I believe, last year had more turnovers than him. Now, granted, he forever gonna go to his grave as a Super Bowl winning champion, right? They had the number one defense in the National Football League. I'm quite sure if Aaron Donald or even at the height of what Von Miller was doing last season, if those two guys were not on that team, or even you can, you can throw in Jalen Ramsey. That's why, woo, that's why football hit me even more. Woo! That's why football is such a, a team sport. If you don't have those guys on your team, you don't win the Super Bowl. You got to have somebody making plays. And I get it. He was in the – he was the, – the Niners were literally a tart away from them being in the Super Bowl, right? A tart drop. I think that guy's name was Tart. Even the Eagles picked him up, right? They were trying to see if they can shake anything else out of him. But there was a tart drop away. What amazing – how this game of football is a game of inches. And they had to defeat their demons. They had to defeat their demons. I think the, uh, the Rams, it wasn't easy for them. See, what a lot of people want, a lot of people want it to be easy. It's no easy in football. One can literally argue that the, the Rams won the Super Bowl by luck. But luck 
is when preparation meets opportunities, ladies and gentlemen. And if these boys are not prepared for the moment, then they will be sitting on the sidelines or sitting on their couch eating oodles and noodles right with us watching the Super Bowl. One can argue that the Rams had to beat the Bucks, right? Right? They had to beat the Bucks, and it got down to whereas the aficionados normally, normally, they would have called roughing the pass on one of those guys that, that sacked Tom Brady, right? Was that the same game? And they found it. They, they, they had to beat Tom. They had to beat the Niners. Niners, look, Sean McVay record versus the Niners was like 0-7. 0-7. He never beat the Niners. And this is the biggest and the brightest stage ever. Y'all look it up. He was 0-7. Sean McVay don't have an answer to beating the Niners against Kyle Shanahan, basically. The head-to-head matchup. And what happened? He could have folded up like a wallet and said, you know what? Hey, we, we don't have a chance against this team. That's my buddy, man. We started coaching together. That's my boy. He knows me, man, better than, than his wife or whatever. You know, he knows him, knows him, right? He got my number. But he had to not run like the avatar. He had to stand tall and fight. And then they had to take two weeks off to face the, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals, right? When you go to the Super Bowl, you get, what, a week off? That's, that's the biggest fear, having a week or two week off, you know, and then have to play football all up again, you know. <laughs> but neither here nor there, even in that game, it wasn't a layup. So if anybody think that when we get to these playoff games, that everything must have to, everything got to be laid out perfectly. No, it ain't going to happen. You got to claw, fight, and, and minimize your, your, your pitfalls and figure out a way to win the game. But there will still be your detractors. There will still be a bevy of other people saying, look at the Cowboys. It's easier. Look, y'all, it's easier to say that the Cowboys will lose versus saying that the Cowboys will win. Just as easy if it were to say last year that the Rams would lose in the playoffs versus that they would win every game. Look what had to happen for them to win. But nobody would get that through their skull because they listen to all of these networks and they buy into what they're saying and they say, man, the Cowboys don't have a chance. And law, you're spitting all of this stuff for y'all to hold that L once again. You shouldn't even be a fan of this team because it's all about the money. But the word fan is for fanatic. And it's just as I love what my kids can do, I would never from my mouth tell them that they would never live up to the expectations of what I see that they can be become. I would never, if my daughter loved to sing, if, even if she sounds scratchy, I said, well, baby, we're going to work on that. Shoot. If J-Lo can make it, I know she can make it, right? Even if Rihanna can make it, I know my daughter can make it if she want to be a singer. Y'all heard Riri when she was young? Boy, I said, shoo. She had a voice only her mother could love, probably. You know, man, they was ready to say, hey, man, it's on YouTube. It's out there. We're like, man, y'all sure she going to sing, you know? And there are people with talent. 
there are people with more and more talent than her. There are people with more and more talent than her refused to sing because someone said that she couldn't or someone said that he couldn't because someone always belittled them. Someone always say, put that keyboard down. You would never become. And it begins to manifest itself and they begin to believe in it. And then all of a sudden, the person that we are seeing, the greatest of all time that we see on TV is working at Walmart, right? Working at uh, Fred's or Dollar Store or working at an oil quick lube place, right? And they would say, man, that dude Earl Manigo, man, he was 10,000 times better than Jordan, right? But people will put you into a box because of where you grew up from or where you from or what you look like or how tall you are or how fat you are or how skinny you are. People love to put you into a box and label you and discount you and sully you and discredit you and say that this is what you will always be, a turnover machine. You will always be the guy that fumbles the ball. You will always be the Cowboys. What can go wrong will go wrong. The sun will shine tomorrow. Guess what? It will. And I'll be right. It will rain somewhere. And I'll be right. But it's easier to negatively say what somebody will always be versus saying that, hey, the inverse of it. Thomas Williams, appreciate you for the 1999 for your mind. Dak has to win it all to get us off his back. That's the expectations he set when he demanded $40 million per year. No amount of excuses making is going to change that. Hear ye, hear ye. For the same $40 million that he's getting, isn't that the base market rate for his skill set? Hear ye, hear ye. Let me speak truth to power. Is Derek Carr getting $40 million a year? Did Carson Wentz get $40 million a year? APY. Is golf getting $40 million? You see, a lot of people like to associate money with the skill set of said player and not the market rate. Look, I stay in a community. If somebody sell their house for $150,000, we're going to all riot over here, right? The base house is $450,000. If anybody sell their house for $100,000, we're going to be mad because that's going to bring down the value of everybody's collective, collective money collective house rate here because that is how the market work, baby. So I get it. A lot of people will look at the money and the remuneration of the player and say that, Hey, that is what he demands to get because those are the expectations. So with that being said, there should be no excuses for Josh Allen getting $43 million. There should be no excuses for Kyler Murray for what he's making. I think it's close to $50 million juxtaposed to 40. There should be no excuses for Deshaun Watson for what he's going to get next year. There should be no excuses for the money that a player is making based off of what they should be able to deliver. 
That is the reality of it when we start talking about the money. Because if there was nobody in 2016, 17, and 18 saying that the man that's making $880,000, don't y'all know that Rico Gathers was making more money? Then Rain Dakota Prescott, he was gathering more money than Rain Dakota Prescott. So shouldn't shouldn't we all say that the $40 million that he was making, shouldn't that be back pay? Oh my goodness, somebody reach over to your neighbor and slap your neighbor and tell him it's not about the money. But I do know one thing. I do know one thing. Money do acereth all things. And that's in one somebody's book right there. When you start talking about the money, hey, didn't y'all know that in his rookie year, Michael Gallup was making more money than Rain Dakota Prescott? Don't y'all know that? So when we start looking at the money, you, you missed the argument right there. Shouldn't we be saying that right now that the Cowboys are stealing, stealing money, from this guy. Stop, please. Come back. Please. By the name of Tony Pollard. Is he getting paid the value that he is worth? Are we going to go back and forth? It is the market. You see, these guys then created a situation and a philosophy and a formula to fans to start SHIT on the players versus the people that's making billions. And we talking about revenue sharing, antitrust bill. We also talking about, I would tell you that all of the players that are playing in the National Football League, they getting uh, the, the raw end of the shaft. They getting shafted with the money that is being actually generated from the NFL product. They are. They are absolutely getting shafted. The NFL done signed $111 billion with Amazon Prime. If we want to really talk about the money, they done also included over $30 billion for sports gambling, betting. If we are also talking about money in general, we can talk about the massive amount of money that's being brought into these stadiums. And also when we start talking about the political arena from the money aspect of the money being increased for those who stay in Arlington, the property taxes are increasing so much that it's going to increase it's going to it's going to create a natural a natural intimate domain for that area you got people that's busting their chops off they're making $120,000 or $150,000 that's in Arlington that can barely find a house to live in because they're not making enough money people the, the general public because of that massive stadium that's there because of the massive money that's increasing in those areas. Oh, we had people, there's a research, there's a document out there. I'm going to get back to football eventually. But there's a document that's out there for those who's living in, living in. The, was it SoFi? Where, where's that stadium is built at for the Rams? That they can no longer stay there. They can no longer stay there. If you work, if you make it fifteen to sixteen dollars an hour, you are pretty much homeless in in that area. These billionaires, you think that they cared when they built that massive amount of stadium? But we want to talk about the money. Oh my gosh, man! Come on, Inglewood, Inglewood. They can bet. They can't even stay there. Natural process of intimate domain. <laughs> the rich getting richer, but we talk about we talk about the money. 
Let's see. 775, keep the Cowboys defense off the field as much as possible. I'm with Mark Waltz in the YouTube chat. We have to be unafraid to throw the ball downfield, put the defense on alert. That's what you got to do. This yeah, Art says uh, Joe Burrow got carried into the Super Bowl by his defense. Ryan Tannehill throwing four picks. What Was it four? My goodness, man. Uh, Pat Mahomes won a Super Bowl. This is from Joseph. Yeah, but when you go back and look at the game, let me know what the running back did in that game. But people will only talk about Pat Mahomes. Let me know what the running back did in that game. Y'all let me know. Right, right. But shout out to them. I would prefer Pat Mahomes to win that Super Bowl juxtaposed to the Niners that year. And I get it. Heavy is the crown, right? You the quarterback of the team, you'll be spotlighted. But still, if even if Pat Mahomes won that Super Bowl for, for a half of a billion dollars, right, that they in, included, where Doggett, he's supposed to win the next Super Bowl when they had a diminishing rates of return for that offensive line, him running for his life against Tampa Bay. If you pay him that money, if it was the role reverse and it was Dak, they would have been still talking about that game to this day. But that's a story of another day. The friendly neighborhood Blue Shield, isn't that Jerry Jones' fault for not paying Dak earlier when Dak market value was lower? Yes. Yes, yes, you're getting right to the point. You're getting right to the point. Because the Cowboys, instead of paying him the money, they said, hey, he's not worth, at the time, $25 million. Because I think that at that time, that was Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think that the person who really uh, upped the value of all of that was uh, by the guy by the name of Matthew Stafford. I think he got a $28, $29 million contract. And they was like, nah, he ain't worth that. Let's see what he can do. And, and the argument was Dak Prescott is not that guy. He's living off of the front five offensive line, and he's living off of Ezekiel Elijah Elliott, right? And so they were saying that in games, he is this record without Zeke, and in games, he is this record without this particular offensive lineman. We saw what he looked like without Tyra Smith. Y'all remember that? That was in 2017. Right. When Chaz Green or whoever we had out there couldn't block a, a, a folding chair, Natchez, Mississippi was blocking better than him. But the problem is, is those type of things that no other quarterback have to live through. Like what we've seen that what the Cowboys should have done is that in his second year, they said, OK, the Cowboys went 13 and three. Let's add more and more weapons. Let's add more and more opportunities. Let's go into the free agency and bring in more and more people right to surround this young team and see what they can do in 2017 and 18. But since the 2016, the Cowboys were taken away. Remember, everybody got paid before Dak Prescott. Jalen Smith got paid. Tank Law got paid. Oh, excuse me, Ezekiel Elliott got paid. You know, we go down that whole entire list of everybody if we want to talk about the money. You paid your quarterback last because you didn't have faith and trust in your said quarterback. And that what drew, drove up the price. And that what drove up the, hey, I'm not really – I'm not really believing the Jones family. So, therefore, since I don't trust you, I'm going to put in an anti or a no trade clause within the confines of my contract. And also, you can no longer franchise tag me anymore. Y'all better realize Jalen Smith got paid before Rain Dakota Prescott. All right. So, that's just how it goes, man. Uh, that's how it goes, y'all. We were worrying about the peas and we missed the meat. Uh, Coach Marv, low. 
Law Conversations and Unrealistic Expectations on Dak. All our second contracts. Cow players come from our Cowboys front office always talking our players' contract. They started this type of environment. Yeah. <laughs> they did. And they did. And to be 1,000, I don't care what Dak Prescott get paid. He ain't giving me none. He ain't, Dak Prescott ain't sitting out here super chatting. He ain't out here supporting. He ain't sending money this way, right? I just want us to win. I just want us to win. And I know for sure if the Cowboys were feeling froggy on Dak Prescott and if they didn't really believe it in Dak Prescott and it took for his ankle to bust through the bones or what have you and it was laying out there on the field and they had to feel a certain way from the the, 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 the environment of the people, right? Because people, the fan base was saying like, man, come on, man, y'all know y'all wrong. Y'all should have paid that, man, right? It took that in order for them to pay Dak Prescott. I wouldn't have mind at all. And y'all heard it from my mouth to y'all ears. If the Cowboys said, man, you know what? We don't believe it in Dak Prescott. We're going to parlay him for two first-round draft picks, and we're going to go back into the community. We're going to go back into the draft and see what we can do from there and start over from scratch. They could have put up two, instead of franchise tagging them, let them test the open market. But when you talk, when you talk in that slick game, you you halfway in, halfway out, you put the franchise tag on them. I right, I know this for history. No quarterback in the National Football League, well, no quarterback in the Cowboys' history, ever been franchise tag until Dak Prescott entered the scene. This team, I've said it consistently recently, and it's a hundred percent the case, I believe. This team will go as far as Dak and CD, their connection can take them when they are on. Teams have real trouble keeping up with Dallas when there's, you know, there's struggles for CeeDee Lamb or if Dak Prescott's turning the ball over, those sorts of things are happening, or Dak's not able to get the ball to CD. that's where you run into real issues with the Cowboys. But if that connection is clicking, they're an incredibly dangerous football team in January and February. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, good good observation from uh, 105.3 The Fan so that y'all can check them out, continue to help grow them over there. Uh, be sure, pre- be sure to hit that one right here. Be sure to hit that link right there and you can watch the full, full analysis of what they said about that. Um, <clears throat> that's just what it is, y'all. That's just what it is. Uh, Ed, I'm, I'm not fit to get get like this with this team there are some things that we did right with as it relates to um you know the free agency and things like that but then there are some things that we just didn't go all the way in on right we just didn't go all the way in on and if, if the cowboys figure out a way to win it this way then this will be the first but all all of the teams that won the super bowl in the last 10 years the last 10 years, they had made that big, massive free agency pickup during the offseason. Whereas it took the Cowboys week 15, 16 to say, you know what? Hey, we need extra help to fill in that voided area on that wide receiver thing. And C.D. Lamb, for the Cowboys to bet on that, his growth and his, and his game plan 
so far he's been top. There's no other 88 for the first three years is pulling up and doing what C.D. Lamb is doing. Right? Yeah, I mean, come on. You know, his stats and his numbers are phenomenal. And that's even with your starting quarterback being out five games. Yeah. Uh, Javon says uh, they could have signed Dak in 2018 for $28 million a year, APY. Yeah, it could have been, you know, but <clears throat> that's water under bridge now. The man is getting paid what the market rate is uh, is saying. Now, the only other team that was willing to jump in all the way in before they put that exclusive on, and they came out and said it was the Colts. The Colts were like, hey, we'll give them 35. And at that time, there was a lot of people saying, like, he ain't worth, he ain't worth, he ain't worth. And I know, uh, was was it uh, 2019? Was it 2019 we started off like 4-0 and and everything like that, and the uh, agency of Dak Prescott, uh, said, you know what, the price of the bag just went up. You know, it ain't the same price, you know. <laughs> Something like that because he was having a phenomenal start in 2019. And then we kind of teetered off, and then we finished that season 8-8. Eight and eight. But for those who who need to know, in 2019, that was a lot of little gray areas within that. But neither here nor there. I, I got some more audio, and then we, we would try to open up the phone lines if you can, let me just play this few audio from Good Morning Football. The name that you do not hear in that conversation is the Minnesota Vikings. All right, what a difference a couple of weeks can make for the Eagles. Jay, what do you make of the situation that they are in right now? Is it quarterback? Is it team? Is it just they kind of fluking at the right time? Strong time. It's quarterback, quarterback. And I think, hey, before we go into that, uh, appreciate you, uh, King. You said they couldn't agree on the contract. When you openly talk about contract openly, then there will always be people to pick sides. Contracts are meant to be within the confines of you and the agent, not openly, right? So in just like divorces or anything else, any natural contract in general, right? I, I work with contracts all the time, right? And it's millions of dollars, right? And people will always, people will always have fault and say, well, this government agency is overspending on this right here. Right. Even though we earmarked a four hundred and twenty million dollars for this project. Right. And they call in a specialist like me to go over the contract and we go over line for line. And they say if that's open, which will be after the contract is done to the public, then they say, you know what? All right. Cool. You know. But when they see it before it's happening, man, that's four hundred and twenty eight million dollars of taxpayer money. We don't need that in this location. We don't need that in that location. Because everyone who's not knowledgeable enough of the conversation or what the detailings are would just sully the waters. And that's just what's going on. And unfortunately, the Cowboys pivot and they use contract negotiation via the public, right, to sway the decisions. And it's sloppy work, right? It's sloppy work. It's just what it is. Um <clears throat> And they play on the tendencies of the player, too. Like, some players will say, hey, I would not. I would not include myself in training camp until money is involved, right? And then the, the, the media get a hold of that, and they say, hey, the player's not all about it. You know, he's all about the money, right? And then when I tell people that players are a Ryan Shazier hit away, right, even in practice, right? And then people say, hey, man, pay that person for what they are 
generating from the market. But it's a story of another day. Let's listen. You know, sometimes you have that girlfriend that you take advantage of, and mm, she says to you, you take for granted, I'll say that. You take for granted, <laughs> and she <laughs> says to you, she <laughs> says to you, I'm, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is one of the most valuable players in the NFL, and when he was out there, I'm not saying Eagles fans or Eagles players or organization, they know what they have in Jalen Hurts. But we heard Micah Parsons said, hey, it's more of the system. And guys around have said, well, they have the best offensive line in football. Well, their rushing attack is very good. Well, they're at the top of takeaways. Well, here, here's what I got to say with that and, and why this, uh, um, and why we going over this. Here's what I got to say with that, ladies Their and gentlemen. NFC playoff picture with one week to go. Hold on. Audio been chipped out on me. Hold on. Here's what I got to say with this. I'm gonna rewind. Hold on, rewind. Let me hear. Let me hear him go again. Let me know if y'all can hear audio. My audio went away on him. All right. Let me see if I can go right here. It's the way he does it, the way he goes about his business, the now? way he works, the confidence that he pushes and the energy he pushes throughout the team. So not having him out there is huge. So you look at this Eagles football team, of course there's a level of concern. You look at other teams, we talk about Patrick Mahomes, possible MVP, Joe Burrow, possible MVP, Josh Allen, all of these guys' names have been mentioned. You take them off their football teams, they're not the same offense. They're going to struggle as well. So Philadelphia, over the last two weeks, they've lost these games and you would expect that. When you lose Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, you're just not going to take off and say, oh, everybody's going to step up and they're going to still win games and they're going to clinch the division and they're going to clinch the number one seed. It's going to be tough, but I will say their defense still played really well yesterday, only giving up 13 points in that game. That's winning football. If you can do that late in the season going into the playoffs, you give yourself a chance to win those games. So the defense is still playing well. They just need to get Jalen Hurts back. He needs to be healthy. If he's healthy, and I'm an Eagles fan, I still feel confident in my team that we we can go into the playoffs and win football. Yeah, everyone said, yeah. All right, so that's good morning football. All right, so and they giving the, the comfortable soft jabs at the uh, Eagles right now. It would have been four Hail Mary jabs at us. It would have been, you know, haymaker jabs at us. It would have been not even hay, not, not jabs, just haymakers. I mean, I meant to say, yeah, it would have been haymakers at us for losing the game. Here's the truth right here. It's still too soon. I've seen Eagles fans get all angry and butthurt about when we say system and these sorts of things. I still saw uh, Gardner Menchu throw a deep pass to A.J. and he was able to take it the distance for a touchdown, for one of those touchdowns there. I'm not going to discount what they were able to do. For one thing, what we can't do is sit back here and look at the Saints like they're chopped liver. Look at Marshawn Lattimore like he's uh, a, a walking milk carton around here for crying out loud. That dude is the dog right now. Even though that was his first game back and that was the first INT for them I think that the Saints defensive front they do a remarkable job and what you can't do is sit back here and look at what Gardner Manchu did against the Cowboys right putting up 34 points or what have you or really right at 27 points if you take away the uh, you know with a pick six whatever whatever that math is 27, 26 points. He was able to move for 400 yards down the field and things like that. What I'm saying is that what you can't do is yo-yo it, right? Normally, normally to see whether or not a quarterback fit within the confines of your system, it takes about 
three to four games. It do. It do. So you can't just look at one game. Ah, hey, next game. It's not a it's not a large sample size. It's not enough sample size. So it's a bevy of excuses from what I can see and say from here. Now, could the Eagles beat the Saints with with Jalen Hurts? We don't know. We don't know. We definitely don't know the game plan of what the Saints were able to do. They still put up 20 points. They still put up 20 points. Right? Just like with the Colts. The Colts lost by one point to those Eagles. So the Eagles was just having a coach type of game. Look, the Eagles put up 25 points on the Chicago Bears with two INTs against that team. They were literally, what we can see, the Eagles' offense were on a downward spiral. So we don't know. It is still. Simply because you don't have evidence that something does exist does not mean that you have evidence that something doesn't exist. And that is exactly what I'm selling, telling you guys. And I ain't selling it to you. <laughs> I'm telling it to y'all right now. All right, it was 16 to 17. Shout out to you. And shout out to Trey. She predicted that the, the Saints were going to win anyway, even if they had Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hurts lost the MVP when he went down with the injury. I think his in, his uh, MVP odds actually should be much higher today. You see yes. the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, and as much as we love Minshew, he's a backup quarterback, and Jalen Hurts is a starter. My takeaway on the Eagles is it's a long season. They added a week to the season. It's now an 18-week season. Five weeks ago, no one was touching the Eagles, but injuries happen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> see Thomas, see, see, see Thomas. You said, did you make an excuse? Some law that you accuse someone of making excuses. Let, let me just let me just rewind on what he said. Because those things are not given or privy to us, right? For us Cowboy fans. They, they, look, it's a long season, y'all. Things happen. Those things are not given to us as Dallas Cowboy fans. But let's listen to what this dude have to say. Quarterback and Jalen Hurts is a starter. My takeaway on the Eagles is it's a long season. They added a week to the season. It's now an 18-week season. Five weeks ago, no one was touching the Eagles. But injuries happen. Yeah. And we're not done with the regular season yet. That's how long the season is right now. And the Eagles could have had five weeks rest for Jalen Hurts. They could have. If they had just taken care of business one of these last two weeks, they don't have to play on next week. And then you get the bye week. And then you get a home playoff game. Then you get another home playoff right. game. Now right, they right, got to right. rush Jalen Hurts back. He's got to play next week. Like, they need him to win. And I don't know if the Giants are going to play their starters. I know Dayball said they were, but I just know how these games go. Maybe they roll out the starters and then the second quarter they don't. And they rest everybody and they say, let's prepare for the playoffs. But I don't think the Giants are that type of team that's just going to lay down anyway. Like, right. even if it's the Giants' backups, they're going to fight hard. And, and I, you know, I, Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yesterday, Josh Sweat goes down. It's a long season. You don't win Super Bowls in November. You win them in February. And the Eagles are not the healthiest team right now. They need to get right. And I just think the season went a wrong way for them right now. And I don't know if they're still the top dogs in the NFC. I genuinely don't, even if they secure the bye. It feels like bizarro world right now, the way we're talking about the Eagles. Because right. I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago that they throttled the Giants in MetLife Stadium, and they looked like they were in a totally different class. Uh, it's definitely a bizarre world. You guys got me doing Eagles highlights here uh. on, on a Monday morning, and yet the Giants are the ones that have already clinched their playoff spot, and, and we already know where they're at. And we're still, we don't know yet. We're still TBD on the best team in the NFC all season long. They, they could fall from the number one seed. I mean, they could still win the division, but fall out of that. It's, it's really mind-boggling when you think about where the Eagles are. And, and yet, with all of this 
noise around them. I, I, I don't have any concerns about how good this team can be. Jalen Hurts is coming back. He's not out for the season. Look, Gardner Minshew, I, look, people have different expectations when the back right. quarterback comes in. They're like, hey, it should act as if it, the offense is still running. No, that's so hard to do. And I'll say this. I don't put it all on Gardner what, Minshew. Look, Big Sirianni, you got to wear some of this too because what happened to this number one ranked rushing offense that we saw from the Eagles? Sure. They were the most balanced offense. Y'all hear ye, hear ye. Were the Eagles averaging about five yards per tote in that game? Hmm? <laughs> it's all, all season long, and yet they had nine rushing yards in the first half. Uh, th this can't happen. Look, when Jalen Hurts is out, it's okay, we've got to rely on the run game. We've got to stay physical. You know who else was out? Lane Johnson, your all-pro right tackle, who hadn't yeah. given up a sack or a quarterback yeah. hit all season long. And now Jack Driscoll's being taken to task, and you got Gardner Minshew throwing the ball 30 times in this game. So I, I think when Hold on. So so is it more like Elaine Johnson the MVP or Jalen Hurts? See, see, the more they talk, they create these little holes and these little alleyways for me to pick apart. And I'm going to tell y'all beautiful people that's listening right now, where was that for us when we lit when we left Tyron Smith up out of here for week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, week seven? Where was it? Oh, the Cowboys, man, we got a rookie, Tyler Smith, not Tyron Smith, out there. Where was that? When something like that happens, you got to say, all right, listen, we got to put our best foot forward offensively. I don't put this all on Gardner Minshew. Look, the Eagles are still one of the most physical teams defensively. I mean, they're getting after people. I mean, what they're doing right now, they lead the league in sacks right now. They're getting after quarterbacks. They are. Front but I feel like this offense good. is still very balanced, still very physical. And when Jalen comes back, they're going to get back to doing what they did best. And uh, for Eagles fans, I don't think they have any worry for they concern have about what reason but they do have worry that's yeah. the they thing. do right. which Jalen is help that, that's the age of red right now yeah. right like yeah. everybody's looking for you know something to calm themselves down yeah. uh but for eagles fans you'll be all right eagles okay. fans are some of the most loyal in the nfl and they are married to their team better than most i think in sickness and in health for richer for poor your offensive line it's sick a little bit and it's limping a little bit lane johnson we know we talked Jalen Hurts' injury, and Kyle said last week, like, words that concern me are um, pectoral or AC joint, right, bad right, injuries right. down the stretch. SC the SC injury. Okay, <laughs> bad down the stretch for the Eagles. On Thursday, Sean, I, I called out your name when I said the Eagles have to zip up their line, and they did not against the Saints. Six sacks. Six sacks. It wasn't like he was taken down one time. Half a dozen times. It's amazing. When we start talking about sacks and these sorts of things, when your offensive lineman is down. And frankly, the Saints, they got a lead, and they only had to pressure Gardner Minshew 12 times, and they got him six times. I know it's not just a Minshew problem, but to me, this late in the season, teams are going to lean into, wow, look at, look at how the Saints got after him. Saints weren't playing for much, and this is what they were able to do against the Eagles six times. I'm sorry. That's a problem. It, I don't care who it is. Jalen Hurts, it's not like he's getting the ball. I know he has escapability a little bit more than Gardner Minshew, but if a team as good of a defensive line as the Saints had, Cam Jordan looked fantastic. If they can get after and get your quarterback Cam six Jordan times, you can get your Hall hand on him. Man. That does not bode well for January. You don't want your quarterback on his feet that much and with a bum shoulder, too. Yeah, so tough. Then, hey, hey, let me say this for truth. 
I'm, I'm speaking to the Eagles, the, the Cowboys-Eagles fans that's watching right now, because I know I got a Cowboy-Eagle fans in here. <laughs> y'all y'all got to be, say present. Give me a green heart if you're in the chat, because I know y'all y'all listening right now. You know what I mean? If you think that the defensive front that you're about to play now is less than what you've seen against the Saints, and you finna bring out Jalen Hurts. You finna usher him out. Jalen Hurts against a team that y'all done spanked around a couple of weeks ago. And the Giants are going to take it lightly on you. I got another one coming for you. You may want to put Gardner Minshew out there one more time. Because at this point, and you may want to tell your coach, Nicholas Sariani to run the ball. <laughs> you better tell him that. Because Thibodeau, Dexter Law, and all of those boys uh, that's on that Giants front, even Jalen even Smith, don't have Jalen Smith to be out there against Jalen Hurts. You know, <laughs> because that dope. That dude can sometimes deliver the boom when you're least expecting, you know. But neither here nor there, Cowboy Nation, all we can see out of Jalen Smith is like, damn, man, we let that dude go. <laughs> he could have made some valuable impact for us, but that's a story of another day. But no cap, though. The Giants' front is a little bit better than what y'all seen against the Saints. And if you're thinking you want to prove a point to try to win that, Got another one coming for y'all, man. That's the end of that. All right, so, you know, shout out to Good Morning Football, man, uh, for that references there. Uh, they gave us some analysis on the playoff picture, as we all can see, uh, that the Cowboys is are pretty much in a must-win situation versus the uh, Hogs or what have you. And, of course, the, uh, the Eagles. The Eagles uh, with a... Win versus the Giants and the Cowboys lost, plus the Niners lost. They can secure their spot. And the Niners, with a win versus the Cardinals, as you guys can see on the screen, and the Eagles lost to the Giants, then they can secure number one seed. And, of course, the Cowboys sitting back with the win with the Commanders. And if we get a double loss for the Niners and the Eagles, then we ourselves could be in the number one spot. And y'all already know us versus the world, us versus this and that. That's okay. You know how it goes. Yeah, y'all know how it goes. But we facing the, the, the pigs. <laughs> I can't take this stuff up, man. They didn't got a pig out here as their logo, man, or as their number one mascot, man. This is a layup for us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey man this is a layup man <laughs> yes today r.i.p to y'all ears because that's how it's gonna sound like when we and it's time for us to shoot down <laughs> the pig let's go cowboy nation all right we're gonna open up that phone lines for your mind baby call my phone Come on. The phone number is 
Let's go. Can't stay long. Can't stay long to 2.30. It's the max. Then we got to spit up out here. 2.30-ish, you know. Come on. My brothers, there's no question, keep it real. Whether we east coast and no way in the heavens, there are two participants in the conference. Please announce yourself. Come on, keep it off the books and keep it coming in. Right, it's the OFC what I'm coming in. The inside caramel. We got Glenn Law, you're live. Hey, what's good, Law? Happy New Year to you. Happy New, New Year, Year to man. you, man. Appreciate you, fam. All right, great, great analysis as usual. Uh, you happened to come on at around the time where I where I had some free time, so I was like, hey, this is this is the kind of channel I want to see on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, thanks for cutting the show. Um, so, with I just kind of want to touch really on on the whole Dak thing just for a minute. So. I, you know, there are a lot of critics out there of the Dallas Cowboys, no matter what they do. You and I both know that people are looking for flaws. They're nitpicking. Right. And, and I'm talking about like the national media. I mean, we have our own sort of in-house nitpickers and right. I don't mind that because I right. can kind of fall into that too, because we're trying to get somewhere. That's what you know, we're, we're looking for constructive reasons to criticize. But uh, objective analysis, you, objective analysis is always something that I love, you know, critical analysis. Yes. But you got to have the yes. good and the bad with it. You can't just say all bad, all bad, but I feel you, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So when it, you know, when it comes to this DAC thing, I mean, listen, um, I'm a, I'm a big believer of paying market value and you know, the price on quarterbacks on good quarterbacks goes up. It doesn't go down. Right. So, you know, some people, when they have this obsession on what he's getting paid, I'm like, man, how do you have the time to do that? The bottom line is he is getting paid market value right. and he is giving you market productivity um, yeah, the interception rate is a little high this year. Right. I, I will admit that. Right. But generally speaking, he's, he's, he's delivering. I mean, people don't want to hear this, but he's delivering on what he's getting paid. I mean, you could look at some of the other quarterbacks if you really want to start looking at salaries. What about Kyler Murray? Would you be happy with that contract and that productivity? I know <laughs> I would not. So, no. you know, we can look around the league and, and, and see what people are producing, um, uh, in comparison to what they're getting paid. And I think you're getting a good return right now. Uh, right. So, but the, but the bigger picture, there was an article, I think it was in the Star-Telegram, I think it was a week mm -hmm. ago, I don't know if you read it, but uh, Jimmy Johnson was being asked about his perspective on Dak Prescott. Right. And I thought Jimmy Johnson had great, great analysis. His major point was the one thing that Dak struggled with and, and I agree with this. The one thing he struggles with is when he doesn't have a clean pocket. And if you what? look at his turnovers, the tip passes, the pressure, those kinds of things are going to cause any quarterback disruption, no doubt. No but doubt. I do think that's an area where I think that's where your coaching staff and that's where your coordinators have to help your quarterback. And I think this obsession with shotgun does scare me a little bit. Because the last thing I want to do is to go on this playoff run not having learned the lesson that we had to learn against the 49ers last year. I don't want to look back, but I do know 
that's the one team I didn't want to play last year in the first round. I did not want to play the 49ers. Right. I knew that that, that that defensive line was pretty potent. And so my only concern is that this coaching staff doesn't learn the lesson and try and help Dak out by giving him a clean pocket, by engaging in uh, under center, play action, quarterback uh, rollouts, or even bootleg. Most we're, certainly, we're, we're most certainly, most mo- certainly with that, Glenn Law. I appreciate you for your analysis on that. Uh, yeah, we are the worst team in pass block win rate, and then we decide to run out of that <laughs> shotgun, which. In return, Glenn, that that is a horrid uh, situation for us to look back at. Uh, is there something that we need to improve on as it relates to uh, our running attack? Yes. Do we get the volumes of run? Yes. Uh, are we in elite run team? Uh, I, I can say this right here. I got a guy. Let me see if I can pull this up right quick. I'm going to do it on the fly. He sent me some great uh, stat line. His name is Dak Attack on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. And let me see if I can save this. And I guess he was looking or alluding to the fact that, you know, it, it, it is a situation that the Cowboys are rushing. They are very comparable to uh, the, the 49ers. Oh, you ain't going to let me do it away. Hold, hold on. My face going to freeze for a second. Matter of fact, so my face won't freeze. Let me do this right quick. Let me show y'all this while I uh, copy this right quick. Hold on. Bear with me, Cowboy Nation. Trust me. I'm going somewhere with this point. And where are you? My snippet machine right here. I'm going to snippet this out. And give me one second while I build a plane while it's in the air, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This is the Dallas Cowboys for what we know, from what we can see. And this is where we are at right here, comparable to, I believe, he was comparing us as a running attack Versus the uh, Niners. Versus the Niners. Let me maybe make it look pretty for y'all right quick. I'm going to slide this over. Shout out to him. He, he's been one of the guys that's, that's on Twitter that's been arguing and debating with me back and forth with a lot of things. And what he's saying that basically the, the rushing yards, the rushing yards of us comparable to the Niners, and I believe that this is not including the, the the last game that they had. So bear with me if the stat lines are a little bit off. Uh, the Cowboys got 2,234 yards collectively versus the Niners 2,020 or 2,200 yards, what have you. Touchdowns, Cowboys got 24. Niners got 16. Rushing on first downs, the Cowboys run for 125. The Niners rush for 112. Rush fumbles. Cowboys only got one. We only fumbled the ball one time. And the Niners fumbled the ball seven times. Now, without context, you would say that, hey, man, we are run first team then. If that's the case in the scenario, we are running the ball better. Better than the Niners. Where these things could, two things can be true. And I love stat ratios like this, right? But one thing I can tell you is that the designs of runs are completely different. And when you go into the meat and the potatoes of it, you can clearly see that the Niners scheme more to run to get those 2,200 yards versus what we do. It's just a different clip ratio on how they attack and how they perceive to play their game that's just the reality of it we do we have a tony pollard that can get upfield and do crazy things yes do we have ezekiel elijah elliott yes 
Do they have Christian McCaffrey? And I don't know who their backup running back is. Y'all can help me out in the chat. But they do have Christian McCaffrey. But their run clips are different from us. There's nobody on this planet that will sit back and say, well, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are a more power running team than they are. No. And keep in mind, I can't. That stat ratio is not including the last game that they just played against the Raiders, too. So that's just what it is. Niners got one uh, win versus one winning team. Yeah, I feel you on Sean D. Appreciate you. All right, let's hurry up, man, because I got, I got, I got to go. So let's go with uh, Coach Mar, man. You live. Shout out to you. Hey, 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 Lord, Happy New Year to you, brother. Happy New hey, Year man. to you, Coach. Uh, uh, listen, man, I, I was going. I was I, when you start talking about the run game, that got me back off off my train of thought. Mm-hmm. One, I, I I think, man, I think that the the, the controversy about the turnover was man. Remember, law last uh, we last year there was on digs about yards, right? Ooh. Give it up, <laughs> right? Now it's on it's on turnovers that that that's really not cost us no games. That I mean, direct turnovers. I'm talking about not. Uh, tip passes, the unfortunate turnovers. I'm talking about just uh, crazy turnovers. So, and two years ago, it was by fumbles. Ezekiel right. Elliott was the worst football carry in the world. Oh, yeah. But it was just an a aberration of five fumbles in, 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 in that shoulder. That so Dak Prescott ain't been turning the ball over all the time. So these things are just, man, they just uh, blips in the in the stream. I'm, I'm not saying he's a turnover machine because he was a turnover machine. He's been with a show that in the last six years. It just don't start all of a sudden. So he's right. not a turnover machine. Plus, he might be a little bit more aggressive because he feels he got uh, some teams that he got a racer a little bit, which his defense does erase some of his turnovers, or they, they keep him at a, at a minimum. But you're right about the, the run game. And the run game has, uh, has, has maybe just a tad went off the, the rails because you got to understand this. Tyron Smith is great. I love Tyron Smith. He ain't. Go love ahead and say he, he ain't Terry Steele on that right side. Go ahead. Go ahead. But coach. he's never been. <laughs> Terrence, yeah. Tyron Smith, for the, this ain't just this year. Uh-huh. For the last couple years, Tyron Smith, or maybe three or four years, he has not, not been that dominant run blocker. He's a better pass blocker, but okay. he's not that dominant run blocker. And right. that's, all, that's all I want Tyron Smith to say, okay. For this run, I got to get nasty again. I'm gonna have to try to finish finish some guys, and I'm gonna have to finish them to the ground. I just can't shield. The conference has been locked. It's not just good for me to make a block on certain plays. Certain plays, I got to embarrass people, and that's where I got to get that nastiness out of Tyron, because then he becomes fearful, and we, our run game maybe can get a little bit better because we're getting to the point where we're being nasty. Yeah. Second, one last thing, Law. Hold, hold, hold on, Coach. Hold, hold on, Coach. Just, just to strengthen our argument just a little bit because a lot of people probably don't understand that. It's not about the volume of runs and the average of yards of runs. It's also when. Can you touch a little bit on that before you go to your last point on the run situation? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's when. It's about, listen, the, the, and, and about when and why. See, the 49ers, why? The why. Yeah, yeah, the when they, and why. Run, they run – running plays to set up their passing plays for the to get your defense flowing so the play action can work. We run running plays just to run running plays. We don't run running plays with a strategy of getting a pass off of it. They run motion. 
they they're watching you in the motion when they run this running play to say if you motion to, to get run forth or support in an area we're going to attack you on a play action right behind where you flow from right that's why you see a lot of easy catches for their receivers not on a whole lot of moves not a bunch of option moves their receivers run run route moves but it's dictated because we move you by the run action that we run, and we make you do things, and then we attack you off of it. And you have to be consistent with it, because if you do run a play and you get one yard, you just can't run away from it. You have to be consistent with it, because in, in that aspect, we slow your pass rush down, because we got quarterbacks that's not mobile to get out of the way. This is the same philosophy that the Cowboys should do. No we doubt. have to slow people down and run plays that's going to set up the C.D. Lambs and the T.Y. Hiltons to get easier catches. And, Coach, that's why I wanted to say this, that, you know, and I'm not looking at other systems. That's why I said Tony Pollard or Zeke and the Niners system, they will be viewed a whole lot different than what they are viewed at at this system. Now, granted, Tony Pollard, remarkable. I hope that the kid can get 1,000 yards uh, if they insert him in into this last game of the season. But one thing I can tell you guys right now is that what Coach Marv is saying, the when and the why is so valuable, man. Appreciate you so much for calling yeah. in, Coach. Hey, I, hey, well, I want to say this one thing right long. Mm-hmm. I'll say this right quick. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 hours. Is okay. he back? Uh, What's big, going on with him? Big, big number he could 68. He a valuable backup guy at the center and guard position when we got a five if it takes a long time for Tyler Biotis to get back because if we have another injury, I'd rather go with Fournier because he has had playing time than to go with someone who hadn't had real serious playing time yet this year. Mm. And he wasn't that bad. I remember. I and remember. he got hurt in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, if they bring him back, it'd be for like, hey, that that hybrid fullback deal thing again. <laughs> but I appreciate you. But coach. he could be listening. He can play center, yeah, and he can play guard, and he uh, did give you some good reps. I'm not saying he was great, right? Right. But if right. we get a hurt, a, a, a injury at the guard or center position again, we we gonna put some guys there that ain't been playing this whole year. Uh, Sam says that he's on IR. Appreciate you though, coach. Good call. Good call, for Coach. All right. All right. We're going we're gonna to go down this list. I got Trey, I got Otis, and I got Uncle Dave. Let's go. Let's go. It's 2 o'clock. Let's roll. Uh, Trey, you're live. Hey, hey, hey. What's good? Happy victory, whatever you want to say. It is Monday, Monday weekend, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk to but, me. Um, the only thing I got to say is this. People not understanding. This is the playoff. We already in the playoff. Right, now. right. It's just right. the fact that they ain't, you know, week 15, that's when the playoffs actually start, right? We haven't lost the game. Okay, yeah, that going these interceptions, we haven't turnovers. But the thing about our turnovers and his interceptions, we're winning. And people are confused, right. scratching their head. They trying to figure out. Why in the world these Cowboys have not lost yet and this man is doing all this? Because why? Because he come back and to redeem himself. The whole team come back and redeem themselves. We know how to win at the end of the game, just like Friday did last night. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Because I'm telling you, without that kick, 
they wasn't winning because some Raiders, I don't know what went on, but I, I ain't never seen them folks play like that. But anyway, but yeah. back to that, I'm tired of it. So all I want everybody to do is just calm down. Y'all don't think them Cowboys ready? They constantly blocking y'all out with mm. this nonsense. That's what they doing. They blocking y'all out because we coming to win. I don't care who we play. Washington, the piglet, the pig, you don't care. <laughs> I don't want to break y'all ears. I would hit that swig button again. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah I appreciate it, you, Trey. Uh, you want me to hit the pig just for you? Now, you won't be able to yeah. hear it on your hit head the, because that pig yeah, yeah, so that pig, that it, it's loud, that it, man. That it I didn't know it was killing. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Trey. Oh, man, you're the best of my. Uh, <laughs> y'all cover your ears, man. <laughs> Take that pig, baby. So, shout out to all of the headphone uh, wearers over there. That pig will tear your ears up. Shout out to Trey, man. Uh, I, I, I hear y'all. Y'all get Trey and Lady Jessica confused. They're two different ladies. Yeah. Oh, Tess, what's good, man? You live, man, from the 209. Talk what's to up? me, man. What's up, Cowboy Nation? Hey, Law, I just, you know, like, um, I, I respect what, what all you guys do, um, you and all you guys who uh, really, like, do your research and uh, re really speak facts. And I appreciate you guys putting up with us who don't always speak your guys' language. Right, right, but right. But here, here, here goes a language from somebody who watches every Cowboy game. I love the Cowboys. I'm done trying to prove who Dak is and who he ain't to all these commentators, all these people. I don't need a Super Bowl uh, a victory in the middle of the season. I need the I need the Super Bowl right. victory when the when that opportunity comes. So right. what 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 I want to ask you is I, I want to start prepping for um for for, uh, for Tom Brady. That's what I want right. to start prepping for. And I feel like I feel like we need to we need to really really focus on a plan A and a plan B because I feel like the Cowboys definitely we have what it takes to beat every team in the NFL. It's just a, it's just a, a matter of are we gonna prepare right? And well, 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 well. Let me get you right into this, then, Otis. Uh, here's yeah, the ahead. thing, though, with Tom Brady, he will pick, he will pick Nashawn Wright apart. So that's why Nashawn mm -hmm. Wright got to build up his confidence. Uh, Tom Brady, he is a guy just like Gardner Minshew. He will get that ball out of his hand, and in the playoff time, he understands the value of time management of controlling the ship and everybody, the defense, uh, the defense already talked their mess about Kellen Moore. So they, from their perspectives, they understand that the Cowboys, they, they didn't already showed their hands on the way they play their style and brand of football, knowing that Kellen Moore will abandon the run. So if we going to beat Tom Brady, we can't run from him. We got to hit him in his mouth, and we got to make sure that if our weak link, we know for sure he's going to attack Nashawn Wright. We need to dog it, have the best game possible with Malik Hooker. We do. Yep. I'm not worried about hey, Trayvon listen, Diggs. I'm not worried about Trayvon Diggs. Go ahead. And I'm going to close with this because, my, I, mean, my, I mean, I'm glad you touched on the defense, but my, my focus was mainly on the offense because a lot of times um, – we, we don't run en enough play action. Uh, we keep Dak in the pocket a lot, and he, and he becomes a sitting duck. And I believe that we got to move the pocket a little bit more, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But I feel, like, I, I feel like we can't get stuck right there in between. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like we got to get outside the pocket 
and we got to put ourselves in a position where during that one play, we, you know, we, we got an option to, we got to always have an option for Dak to pick up two, three yards. And right. another thing, my last point, I think the way we're going to kill these interceptions is because Dak only has seven that's on him. Right. So those are the ones we got we to focus on and deal with when it comes to Dak Prescott. And I feel like Dak needs to learn how to take a sack sometimes. Uh, yeah, and give up, live to fight another day, or throw the ball away. I, that I do agree. Uh, and don't play hero ball. I, I get all of that. Uh, it's sometimes good to throw the ball away. Sometimes it's good to punt it away and play the field. So, yeah, don't accumulate the sack. But I know it sounds like excuses. But we are one of the worst uh, pass block win rate. And I think that that was the kind of, that's what he's going on in his internal clock. Get this ball out. Let's see if we can not fumble the ball and not take the sack. But I feel you. Shout out to your OT. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's oldest, man. All right. We got Uncle Dave, man, from the 520. You're live. Hey, Law. How you doing? Man, All right. Talk to me. Point, point blank and period. We got to stop talking about these people's money. You yeah. got to talk. I mean, you talk about their play. They're professionals, and they know what they have to do, and they know what they have to correct. You, you, they always got you, Cowboys fans have to rage against the dying of the light. You got to rage against the dying. You cannot just expect. And I mean, this team to be top notch every game. You can't right. expect it. The shotgun. Right. I don't like the the shotgun was good in. In Starbucks day, the shotgun was good with Aikman. It, at times, it was a problematic with Romo, but it's designed to give the that that play is designed to give the quarterback that five yard cushion from the line of scrimmage back to the quarterback when he so he take that three step drop. The right. thing about it is the offensive line has to push that five yard cushion forward to expand it. Right. Give the quarterback time to read the field and get his read. Now, with the shotgun, it's problematic when you have quick, I mean, stronger, faster pass rushers. So the shotgun don't do you no good. It doesn't do you any good when you have that cushion and your line's not holding up their end, whether it's the right, right side, the right, the guard or the the tackle or the left guard of the tackle. If you're not holding, I mean, if they, you can't hold the line, that five-yard cushion don't do you no good. No and doubt. And that allows a linebacker to slide in, to slip through one of the gaps to come in there and run the quarterback out of the pocket. Well, well, this is what I'm going to say about shotgun. So far, shotgun do have us at the number one offense in the league since Dak Prescott returned, but we just can't fall in love with the shotgun. I think that a little variety package will, will work out for yeah. us and show us some power sets, bring back the uh, 13 or possible 14 personnel to exhibit some of our power yeah. and keep the teams on their heels. We got to pre present our best football going forward from here, uh, Uncle Dave. Yeah. I appreciate you so much for calling in. Yes, indeed. How about indeed. them, Cowboys? Wow. How about them, Carl? How about them, man? Yes, indeed. Uh, that's Uncle Dave Stelios. All right, I got MJ, I got Sam, and then I have Lady Jessica. You're live from the 206. MJ. What up, Law Nation? What's up, family? All is well, man. Uh, appreciate you for calling in. What you got for it? So what we got to do, this is what I've been checking out. Now, with the Cowboys, uh, it ain't about Dak Prescott no more. Uh, I feel confidence in him. 
one thing with Dak, uh, well, his problem is sometimes he take a sack when he was supposed to take a sack, and he could get out of that. He got to be like Roger the Dodger, for real. Because sometimes he get too pretty, and that line be blocking. One, two, three, come on. Let's go, Dak. Don't step like that. One, two, three, four. You can't do that. Then he'll get a sack, or, you know. And then you got to put the right the right receivers in the game. Number 16, got to stay in the game. You cannot be playing with 85 all the time. I'm sorry. I love you, 85. Thank you for Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore passes a little softer. That Prescott passes a little harder. No, I want 16 in the game every time. Got to open up for everybody else. And you got to play that uh, three tight ends sometimes. You got to, like you say, keep everybody off balance. Now, the key to the moral of the story for all the, this is going to come up. Who is your favorite? I'm going to ask everybody on Dallas Nation, who is your favorite coach? I'm waiting. Uh, who your favorite coach is? Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, uh, you know, Parcel. No, that's the, my top for the, three. For the, Cowboy, for the Cowboys right now. Who's the coach? Of, who the coach? What coach you like on the Cowboys coaching staff? Who's y'all favorite coach? Now you got to be hands down Mike McCarthy right now at this point, right? No. Everybody loves Dan Quinn. Oh, Dan Quinn. Okay. So, what I'm trying to say, I hope Dan Quinn listening. Mr. Dan Quinn, you cannot play favoritism. I keep telling y'all, the kid that we picked up from Philly, the guy stops the run. That's his. I don't need him in there to be a pass rusher. He stops the run. And Appreciate you so much, man. Yes, appreciate you, uh, MJ. Thank you so much for calling in uh, with that analysis that I, I'll talk about what you just said in a few minutes, okay? All right, brother. Thank you. We got, we got my next caller, uh, Sam. You're live from the 973. You're live, fam. Hey, what's going on, Lord? I'll be quick. I got three quick things. Go ahead, So. Bro. Uh, I want to actually um, just add to one of the things that add to what Coach Marv was saying about the right, right. about Kellen's run. They call it. It just gets on my nerves. Like I don't know. Sometimes in life, you just, I just you know people, not people. I mean, I gotta accept that like someone's just not very good at their job. And I think Kellen's one of those people because like he don't call, he don't call runs to hit up the you know to hit up the the passing game. He doesn't even call runs to like set up other runs is always basically right. like a you know an 11 slam to the right side no counters no, nothing that's like a very imaginative and it's just like you know I, i'm just my one concern about the team is like going into the playoffs especially if you play Tampa Bay those coaches will know how to exploit because they already said they right. already, you know I mean, they already they already were talking tries after week one so hopefully right. they can you know get someone to help them or something like that because it's just like it doesn't make any sense. Even a kid playing Madden would know, you know, you vary your, your run play calling, but he just calls it a very passive-aggressive. I think the boss says it, like, calls it like a quota. A quota run, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like, come on. The second thing um, is respect to Dak and the interceptions. I tried to, I'm not, like, a Dak hater. I'm not, like, a Dak, um, right, you know, apologist. Right. Apologies, I think yeah. some of it, like, you know, like, you know, in years, like, 
there's some of this on the receivers, and like he tends to do better uh, to his credit, where you have receivers who actually know how to like run precise routes. I think that was like the issue, even though Dez was probably still, you know, has some, you know, still some good, you know, running them when he, when when Dak came along. You know, um, Dez's routes weren't that precise, and so I think part of the reason he clicked so quickly with Amari, and then also with now probably so so quickly with Ty, is that they are you know pretty good route runners, and even CD's routes got better over the over the over this season because he you know back with throwing interceptions or right right towards the beginning of the year. So I think you know as we get better route runners, I think those interceptions will go down. And the last thing is like. What are your thoughts on? I think that like we actually had better personnel for a three-four. Um, what do you think about? Because you know, Micah really is not playing the off-ball linebacker, even though we drafted him as like that. Right. And like, if we like, you know, we really only have like enough rotation for like one nose guard, nose tackle. I feel as though like our our personnel is really more suited towards like a three-four rather than a four-three. But I would like to just you know, I would want your thoughts on that. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for calling in. Uh, that's Sam, y'all. Uh, <clears throat> Sam Rowe. Uh, here's and this. I'm glad he asked that at the end because that ties into exactly what uh, MJ was saying. What Marv was saying basically is that yeah, we we need to put insert Anthony Rush for those who don't know. He was the guy that we picked up from the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad. He was on the streets, and we brought him in. Uh, he's a bigger body, uh, and he also said that you know, of course, with Dan Quinn's scheme, we're gonna have to have him to stand up. And what scheme are we really running? We run a hybrid look. We do nickel, big nickel, or what have you. But we're not generating enough pressure in the inside now. When we talk about will this team benefit from playing a 3-4, we would have to do some wholesale changes, meaning that, yeah, Big Bo, he can generate some pressure, but it's not on a consistent level. 3-4s are pretty much dominated with a nose guard who can do two gaps, and then it can really, really push the pocket back and maintain his gaps integrity. We don't have that. We got one gap guys. We got one gap guys like the Osa, who's like a Navarre Gallimore too, or one gap guys who shoot upfield, kind of like an under tackle a little bit, that their main primary job is to generate pressure, stop the run second. You know, that's their. That's just the flow and the nature of those guys. We seen in a situation when Jonathan Hankins, big boy, was out there, we played better against the run. We were able able to stop the run from the interior now would parsons benefit from playing in a three four yeah everything screams streams out that hey he's more of a three four guy if you're going to primarily only utilize parsons to generate pressure by going at the at the uh, quarterbacks by playing outside linebacker he's not a guy that's going to have hook to flat that's going to control the hook area because we don't utilize parsons to that degree we using parsons as an edge rusher a one trick pony at this point i'm not dogging him i'm not saying that he can't flip his hips and cover but that's not how we are utilizing him so why not put him in a system to benefit what he can do 
right? And there'll be more of a 3-4. But the hybrid looks so far for what we are doing, been beneficial to us, yes. But in order for us to do a 3-4, we're going to have to do wholesale changes, philosophy changes. Our linebackers got to be bigger collectively, and we will have to draft two more linebackers. And on top of that, or go into the free agency next year or trade uh, room and trade for another linebacker that's, that can fit 3-4. And on top of that, a 3-4 is nothing when you don't have a big boy inside that can consistently generate pressure, that can consistently be that guy that can gobble up two and two gap this thing all the way through. So that's just what it is. Uh, uh, and and I, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. I got Lady Jessica Thomas, and then we got the 361, and then we out of here. Lady Jessica, you're live for the 903. Hey, 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 everybody. I don't know what's going on. I didn't even know you was live, and I'm wow. off today. Wow. So I should have been here. And if I hadn't clicked on YouTube, I, it, it, when I clicked on YouTube, you the first one popped up saying you're live. Wow. I said, well, why did I didn't get a, a, notification? a notification? And I'm yeah. a member, and I appreciate that. Mm. But anyway, YouTube playing some kind of game, I Play guess. Game, I don't man. know. Uh -huh. But uh, we're playing. It's like we out here playing a game of chess. That is our king. And the offensive line got to do better by protecting him. Mm. People want to talk about him just standing there. Dak never stand there to get a sack. You don't see him moving around. Mm -hmm. The man was literally being sacked and he nailed a gun to Gallup. Mm -hmm. So what are you talking about? I'm so sick and tired. We're tired of explaining to the people. They don't want to believe law because you know why? Mm -hmm. They're mad because he stepped up and took one more place. And since then, they have been wanting people that say they're friends, been wanting to that to fail so they can say they was right. Just like I said on Sky Show. What? They want him to fail, fail. and yeah. the team to fail, so they can say, I told y'all, they ain't gonna never be nothing. They ain't gonna, yeah, they is. And right. when they do hold that Lombardi up, I want them same folks to keep that same energy and don't try to get back on our ship because we don't need things right, like right, that. Right, they right. are the reason that these commentators feel like they can do this and talk bad about our team because of fans like them. They always quoting what these people, them fans, type of fans say. They, they do. never quote what we they say. Do. They never, they never they say, quote out what we say. Yeah, it's only a few. Yeah, you're right with that. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's so us versus got, the world. They got the offensive line got to do better, law. They have to push forward. They cannot allow them to push them back. We got to be more aggressive on that offensive line. And the coaches got to put our pieces out there that was protecting that. We can't have this switching the rules. I understand they want everybody to play law, but when you see that that is not working, we got to stick with what's working. No and doubt. I'm glad they're winning. We're 12 and 4. We're not 4 and 12. So I, we need to get this 13 and 4 and head on into it. And that's what I'm looking for out this game. I don't want to hear nothing about 2020-22. This 2023. And it's time for everybody to come on because we finna get this victory. No it's all doubt. about that Lombardi, baby. Let's get it. So Let me hear you say it. have a blessed day. How about some Cowboys? And let's support our team. How Mama doing? How Mama doing, too? Mama doing good? I'm sorry. I didn't even know. L Lady Jessica, <laughs> how Mama doing? Mama doing good? 
Mama is at home. She's mm-hmm. out. But, Law, you want to know what happened? What happened? God worked a miracle for hey, my mom. Man. My yeah. mom's mouth literally twisted, man. That means she had a stroke. But, mm. you know, I laid my hands on my mom, and I put blessed oil on my mother, and I prayed the prayer death off of my mom because mm-hmm. I, my mom's face was sinking in as death was taking off. See, I was a CNA, so I know what death looked like. Right. And I began to pray over my mom, and God worked a miracle. She's at home. She's doing well and they didn't have no sign of stroke they didn't see no look they didn't see no clot or nothing or anything in her heart everything is open her heart is well her body is well inside out amen amen to that i appreciate that yes indeed that lady jessica right there Uh, and i'm glad that the moms is okay and everything sacrifice don't give up the fire. Everything will be all right on any given Sunday. Yeah. That's my guy, Uncle Charles. All right, you got Thomas, and then we got the 361, and then we're going to take the kids to the park. I got to go take the kids out to the park on this off day. You're live, Thomas. You're live. Yeah, all right. This is Thomas Williams. People in the chat asked me to call in, so I'm mm-hmm. show up. Okay? Yes, you show up. So talk I to am. me. Yeah, talk yeah, to yes, me. Yes, indeed. And, uh, yes, and great news there for Lady Jess's mother. So uh, that, that's wonderful news. God bless her and her family. Um, and, and just to kind of give, you know, a little background as far as my Cowboy fandom. I've been a Cowboys fan for 40-plus years, okay? So right. I'm an OG when it comes to this. That's my team. That's who I've always rooted for, nobody else, okay? Right. I love Dak Prescott. I'm a Dak Prescott fan, but I love hard, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so – Forgive me if I have a little impatience with this new breed of Cowboys and to some degree Cowboys fandom, okay? I am not about excuses. Right. At the end of the day, um, because I see what's happening with Dak Prescott. He's not being coached properly, and he's having his butt kissed by his coaches the same way that some of these fans are kissing his butt, and he's not being challenged to be great. Um, That's what I see happening, and that's why I get so upset about it. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to get the job done, okay? I see these young – when I hear guys like you compare, you know, make these excuses that are related to Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman, I personally don't want to hear it. He doesn't even belong in that discussion. Um, well, 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 just for context, though, when I made that comparison, it, it's not like it was off basis because when you look at the numbers, they are mirroring each other, right? Yes or no? Well, it doesn't matter. You know why? Peyton why? Manning is a Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, NFL MVP. End of story. And Just he was like he wasn't that he wasn't that his he wasn't that his fifth year. He wasn't that his sixth he year. He wasn't there se- his seventh year. Yes, he is that now. But yeah, it's hard Thank to you. compare somebody's chapter thirteen to somebody someone's chapter one. But what I'm trying to tell people is not put the book down when it's on chapter six. We're still reading. You're still reading the chapter. And I'm trying to let what, people what, know that from what, what I can what, see is that is there are still possibilities for him to lift up that Lombardi trophy up as well. I don't well, want to be the person to say it's he's not. He's going to have to do it. He's going to have to do it. To yeah. do it. All, all you have to do is say, watch then. We don't need the excuses because at the end of the day, when he shows up against the San Francisco 49ers, they don't give a damn about what Peyton Manning did back in 2007. True, true. None of that nonsense. What matters is what you're going to do on that football field today. So that's why right, I say Right, right, right. But, but just, so for, just for Thomas, Thomas, but for reference, though. 
Their fan base is not whining and crying. They've been on a 28-year drought, too, just as long as we have. Well, you know, it's been 27 years for us. You can add on a year for them for 28 years. And granted, just like you said that there should be no excuses, they've been to the Super Bowl three or two times, and they laid out there on the ground because I got my brother who's a diehard uh, uh, 49er fan, by the way, who was stretched out. And I get it. I don't want to be at that moment. Yes, we grade this team hard, but from a Cowboy fan base, just like you said, about when you was rooting for the Cowboys, you didn't know how much Drew Pearson was making. You didn't, excuse me, know how much Roger Starback was making. That wasn't on the forefront of everything about Ed too tall and what he was what? making and, and all of those boys. I, you know why I didn't care? Number one, it wasn't the kind of money that it is today, but that's beside the point. They were delivering, okay? If, if Dak Prescott goes out and does what he's supposed to do with the team that he has, then you won't hear a word from me. But the bottom line is, if you demand $40 million a year, and yes, it's relevant. So for those fans who try to say, don't count their money, I'm sorry. First of all, I've been a fan for over 40 years. Some of my money's in there, too. Okay? Right, because true that. I've been supporting this team that. for most of my life. Okay, that's number one. Number two, there's a salary cap. Okay, so the money is relevant. The more money you pay per player X, the less you have to pay player Y. That's just the way it goes. So the day that they stop having a salary cap is the day that I'm going to stop talking about the money. I it's feel you on that. You, you, have, you, have a right okay. to, you have a right to have that stance on that. But when we make it yeah. about the money, well, why don't all of the other 31 other teams bring up the money? We the only ones that expound yeah, on it. Uh, well, that's, well, that's well we are the only ones. We don't, hold on. We are. Did they hesitate to pay any other? Look, did they hesitate? Hold on, excuse me. Did they hesitate to pay Josh Allen? Did they hesitate to pay Carson Wentz? Did they hesitate to pay? Josh Allen has delivered more than Dak Prescott before, before, after his money. You see, that's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. Was all right. So let me ask you this: Did Josh Allen arrive to the scene before or after Stephon Diggs? Did they sit there and said, "Okay, let's give way. Let's not have these weapons for Josh Allen." It, it doesn't matter. That that Prescott has had Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. So come on, man. Wait that, a minute. Wait a minute. What? I, wait a minute. Wait a, right wait a minute. So you are expecting? You are expecting the same results without the same recipe? That's not. That's not. That's not a fair and reasonable yeah, what's, what's argument. What's wrong with the recipe? What? What? I see this Purdy kid, Mister Irrelevant. Okay. They put him in there with a team around him, and the kid is balling. Right, and, and he really and he really struggled last. He really struggled last game. They only have a sample side on the, on the Brock Purdy. So you willing to give Brock Purdy forty million dollars just off of the few games that you just see? My point is, Dak Prescott has been rewarded as a franchise quarterback, and I believe that he is. So I expect him to deliver as such. Period. Okay. I need to see him get it done. I'm tired of these stupid-ass interceptions that make no sense, and I don't think anybody on that sideline is telling him from a coaching standpoint, hey, dude, we can't have that. Okay, that kind of interception right there will get your ass beat in the playoffs, and you are a veteran franchise quarterback. I don't need you making those throws. You're not a rookie. You're not well, a second-year Well, player. I'm going to tell you this. We News flash. We would never have that type of coach there. When you have the owner by the name of Jerry Wayne Jones who defies that type of talk and that type of belittling of his star-studded players, you just don't have it. Because when we had that, uh, Jimmy Johnson, who said that he was willing to bench Troy Aikman, 
And Jerry Jones went on national TV and media and said, oh, Troy will start, you know. So you got to go. You got to understand that if you're going to do comparisons and analysis, if you're going to try to say one thing is, is to fit all for others, that's not happening, Thomas. You know that. You, you know that. Use that. How are you using that as an excuse for Dak Prescott? It's so not an he, excuse he for Dak Prescott. The owner is a, a meddler. So, 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 for, so, 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 so Noah Brown. So, so Noah Brown. So Noah Brown was going to catch everything that thrown thrown to him by Dak Prescott. Noah Brown is that dude. You know, uh, the, or or they're just excuses. Who are, who are the players? Who Who are the wide receivers for Patrick Mahomes? Okay. I mean, he's making these guys. He's elevating them. And here is the key thing that I'll tell you where I know for a fact what Dak Prescott is capable of. When he threw that pick six in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, he came out like his ass was on fire after that. You know why? He had a sense of urgency. He knew that we were going to crucify him if he lost that game, okay? He came out and played the way we've been saying that Dak Prescott should play. He was running. He used his legs. He had a sense of urgency. He elevated that team. And I said, that's the Dak Prescott that I recall. That's the Dak Prescott you recall. So, 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 so with that that. being said, with that being said, I'm glad that you brought up the mighty Pat Mahomes and all what he does from his accolades and what he brings to the table. Now, he do got a Super Bowl under his belt, and I'm not here to discount that at all. Pat Mahomes is marvelous and good at what he do. And he wanted to, hold hold on, he do want, he's one of the better throwers of the ball in the National Football League, right? Right? But let me know. Let me know when the three letter and the four letter network talk about his bevies of INTs. And excuse me, hold on. When, when? show show me, show me when they talk about him being a turnover machine and by him laying down like Family Guy in that playoff game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. When are you listening to any other anything other than Cowboys content? Want you lean forward just a little bit? Want you lean forward just a little bit? Is the most disrespected great. What you lean for is it? Look, Mahomes never gets the respect that he deserves, and he ain't even asking for it. He just goes out there and balls. He gets it done. Dak Prescott does not belong in the same sentence with Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know why you continue to do that. It's not the same thing. Patrick Mahomes is a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, getting ready to be two times. Dak Prescott can't. Oh, 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 so already you putting Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl finna be a two-time Super Bowl champ, right? Already. No, I said. You just said getting ready to be. Getting ready to be. So there was no excuses for him last year. What was the excuse for Pat Mahomes? Hold on. Let me talk right now. You Now you finna listen to your father speak to you. What? No, no, no. I'm the daddy here, young man. I'm the father here. And as old and gray as you are, now you finna listen to some wisdom. Now, what I'm telling you right now is that. And take these licks right here because there was no excuses for when Pat Mahomes gave up that touchdown or gave up that lead versus the Cincinnati. I haven't seen pundits and critics ridicule and cast aspersions on Pat Mahomes losing that game in the playoffs. So now when you call it to my show, you're going to listen to your father. Now you may speak. Uh, yeah, okay. So mute me so you can get that out. But hey, I'm the elder here, young man, and I back it up with what I say. Patrick, if you'll recall, when they were asking primetime Deion Sanders who was the fastest out of him and Tyreek Hill, and and Deion just looked at him, and this is how you understand when you're speaking to your elders. Deion looked at him, and he said, I'm sorry, I'm prime. I'm sorry, I can't even hear what you're saying. And his point was, 
You're talking to the greatest quarterback that ever played in the history of the game, Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion, the greatest thing you've ever seen, and you're going to ask me about some Tyree Hill, okay? So Dak Prescott does not belong in a conversation with Patrick Mahomes. According to who? According to who? According to your your belief. Walk around with their chest out like they accomplished something and they ain't done a damn thing. Dak hasn't done anything yet, okay? He doesn't get to be in that conversation. That's how you make people earn their way. You don't just start making excuses and kissing these guys' asses and protecting them. You go out like a dog and you earn it like everybody before you. Troy Aikman got his ass knocked all over the place when he was a rookie, and he had to earn his. So now oh, he's a oh, 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 Troy Aikman, how many playoff games did he win without Emmitt? How many playoff games did he win oh, without the go. playmaker? Hold, hold on, hold on. What you try to make it an individual sport. By you try to make it an individual sport, and it never been that way. I had to put the man on mute. Yes. Everybody got good points. Everybody want to push everything to the table. But let me know what playmaker made plays last time we was in the playoff. Let me know what other guy who stood tall. Oh, excuse me. There was only one guy that was out there making plays or trying to make plays. And granted, granted, hear me out. That was the third year ever we heard from Kelly Moore calling plays in the National Football League. Y'all got to temper your expectations regardless of the situation. I don't think that we're looking at other teams around the NFL who have the expectations. And I know it sounds like babies of excuses. I don't see another team in the National Football League that said, okay, we're going to take a third-year ever play caller and we're going to put him in this team and make sure that he's going to be the one that calls up and dial up plays to win the Super Bowl. Come on, man. Where y'all getting this from? Where y'all getting this from? Leave Ford with all of that wisdom that you said. Won't you start a YouTube channel then? Or start a content creation channel and talk about that stuff. Let me go on to the next caller. Three, six, one, you're live. Three, six, one, you're live. You're live. Three six one. Like I said before, it is easier. It is flat out easier to say that the Cowboys will not win the Super Bowl, will not win the playoff versus the latter. It is absolute easier to sit back on a hill to say that the Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen. That is the quote-unquote Stephen A. philosophy that it will rain when it will rain. Trust and believe. I can be right. There will be some rain 10, 10 days from now. You, it will snow somewhere on this plane. Don't y'all get that is what the national media is saying and people like Thomas. People like him will say, yeah, I'm a diehard Cowboy fan. And I believe it than the Cowboys. But they also leave out the other possibilities that there are so many hands in this. There are so many people that will refuse to listen to the truth and stand tall on the hill of thinking that the Cowboys had every right and every chance to win just as many Super Bowls with any other team than any other team with Jason Garrett. When we literally see year after year after year that a head coach is learning on the job, is still figuring out ways for maybe next year, 
And I know I get it. It will sound like bevies of excuses. But when you don't contextualize it, everything, then you will sit back and say to yourself a a few years later, you say, you know what? Damn, damn, Law was right. Because when that Jason Garrett, that same guy that was the head coach here, went over to Giants, them jokers as the offensive coordinator only averaged 17 points a game. And that was the guy that we were leaning on for at least nine to ten years to win us the Super Bowl. And the, and the Giants had to let him go and let me know if coaching don't matter, let me know what the Giants are going to play at in a few weeks in the playoff. They've been, y'all been listening to so much of this bull sugar stuff. I'm going to tell y'all this too. As much as people talk about how great Pat Mahomes is, and I'm not taking that away from Pat Mahomes. Like I said, he is phenomenal as it relates to what he can do out there on the field. I love his skill set. But when y'all look at these numbers, and I'm talking about numbers now, and I know that a lot of people, when I say that stats and these sorts of things, comparison is the thief of all joy, this is a great analysis right here. A great one. 4,839 yards, right? 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. All right, so when you're starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, who literally came back from a compound fracture, bone piercing through the ankle. I don't think that Pat Mahomes ever had that type of injury. But if these two guys are not in the same conversation, and especially if you contextualize, we had Kellen Moore, who was his third season ever calling plays. Third season. Compared to Andy Reid and those boys. Let me pull up what he had over here. Let's go back to 2021. Oh, 37 touchdowns. And that's missing the game, by the way. 4,449 yards with 10 touchdowns. But for Dak Prescott, what people like to do, since they they really don't like the Cowboys, and since they really, since they really sully and denigrate the Cowboys, and they listen to the three and the four ladder network, they will say to themselves, those numbers are not the same. Y'all continue to pick up the goalposts and move said goalposts. And I'm not crucifying Kelly Moore, by the way. I think that the kid is very brilliant. I think that the kid is wonderful. Matter of fact, let me pull up one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times, Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? Who had the third-ranked defense in 2000 last year, by the way, who had the third-ranked defense, the number one seed in the National Football League. Yes, his numbers were very comparable to him as well. But what people would do, it's been 13 to 14 years since this dude made any noise in the playoff, been to the Super Bowl. But y'all would give this man the bevy of excuses and y'all would say that the same team that we played, the 49ers that we lost to, he lost to the same team at home, at the crib with the number one seed through a worse QBR. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it ain't Aaron Rodgers' fault. But if it was Dak Prescott, it was Dak Prescott's fault. Who had, dare I say, for the Green Bay Packers, had the best wide receiver in the National Football League, Devontae Adams, who had a top three or a top four running back out of Aaron Jones. It had the number three defense. We don't even have the number three defense now. But y'all will refuse to listen to the truth. And as as old and great as he said Thomas is, we got the same name. Maybe he is my grandfather, but he learned something today. 
He learned something today that I ain't the one. Because you can't throw half-hearted stuff out there and say, yeah, I'm a fan at the end. I digress. <laughs> That's been my time, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you all for tuning in. But continue. There is an easier approach to say that the Cowboys, that the Cowboys will not win the Super Bowl this year, in the next year, in the following year, juxtaposed to saying that they win, will will win. As good as Tom Landry is, let me pull up my let me pull up this music right now. The greatest coach of all time that ever rocked with the Cowboys, Tom Landry. How many seasons Tom Landry been here? How many? Can somebody put that down? Can how many years Tom Landry was coaching for the Dallas Cowboys? I wanna I wanna win this debate with facts. How many seasons he's been here? Can somebody put that down? Thomas, since you're old and great, and since you know all these football things, for 29 years, somebody put down 30. There were 28 disappointments. 28 disappointments. The greatest coach of all time only gave us two Super Bowl rings. And y'all, with y'all mindset, and knowledge and wisdom of an understanding of football were expected Jason Garrett to at least win you one y'all ex were expecting Mike McCarthy to get here in his second year to win you one things that the great Tom Landry couldn't do in 30 years y'all y'all are literally expecting Mike McCarthy to do things that the great Jimmy Johnson couldn't do. It took him more than two years. Those are the realities of it. I can only imagine if the fickle fans are who they are during the time frame of Tom Landry. Y'all will be going back and forth for 30 years. 30 years and say that hey you know this this dude he can't win them all he's Mr. Plastic this tape is dope yes they got the Legion of Doom but this team is dope nobody have faith in this team I can only imagine if they had Twitter Facebook YouTube during that time frame Roger oh he need to go back to the military he ain't Captain America maybe he need to do what the guy that played football for the Jets I forgot his name maybe he do need to have multiple women and sleep around with them instead of being true to one the expectations when it meets the reality the truth of the fact of it is that it don't take one person you see, I like the way he brought up Patrick Mahomes, who is a great player, by the way. But he probably can't even remember the running back in that game. He can't remember what the defense did. But he remembered the quarterback of winning that Super Bowl. 
for two years in a row. The number one seed been the Green Bay Packers. And they've been one and done, basically. No one brings that up. But for Doggett, they will bring in what the Cowboys do. Don't nobody crucify our own, but like we do our own. It was Joe Name. Appreciate y'all. That's why I tell people if you want a thing bad enough to go out there and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it, if all of your desires of it makes you quite mad enough that you don't get tired of it, and it makes you and you hold all other things tardy and cheap, if life itself seems empty and useless without it, and all that you scheme and dream is about it, if you'll gladly go out there and sweat for it, fret for it, and plan for it and lose all terror of your mind for it. If you would simply go after the thing you want with all of your capacity, strength and scargacity with faith, hope and confidence and stern pertinacity. If neither cold, private or famished or fame or sickness or body or brain can turn you away from the thing you want. If dogged and grim and besieged and beset it with the help of almighty, you will get it. See, a lot of people, their enemy, love to shout out, to shout out to the high heavens, your pitfalls, and whisper your success. They do that all the time. On top of that, a man coming back from a broken thumb for you guys to make the comparisons and analysis of someone who didn't break their hand. All this season, somebody who didn't play for a single thread of a preseason game. Look at y'all expectations for this man, this brother, to be out here and be of the same. To have, dare I say, over 20 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. To be 8-2. and two, But for y'all to lay it down and say, well, Lord, he shouldn't have those excuses. Well, let me ask you if you broke your hand and you are out there on the field without playing a thread of a preseason game for them to hold your feet and hold you accountable to all of the other quarterbacks that's out there who went through all of the regular seasons and all of that. Let me start start that thing back over again. Play that back over again because I'm fired up right now. I know some people right now that hurt their pinky. Probably jammed it in the door. Take weeks off for work. Not even bone is broken. But for the Cowboys player, for us to think to have the gratitude to say that Noah Brown, and I'm not selling and denigrating Noah Brown or Peyton Hendershot or any of those guys, Michael Gallup coming off of an ACL injury, for us to literally see this with our eyes, that those guys are clawing to be back in the league, especially my guy Michael Gallup to hold the same levels of expectations that he is equivalent to what T. Higgins is doing over there, for him to be equivalent to what Devontae Smith is doing over there at the Eagles, A.J. Brown. For us to say, hey, it's all the same, Lord. No, it's not. We are 12 and 4, and people are whining and crying about a quarterback that's 8 and 2 since his return of a broken thumb, that his his hand never was broken. That he should be hitting these wide receivers on the scene. Who he never threw the ball to in preseason. Threw this man into midseason and said, hey, have a midseason outcome. We win the game and y'all still complain. 
we lose the game, it's the end of the world. Christ is coming back. The four horse of the apocalypse is riding you over the airways. I can't make this stuff up, Justin Day. This is all year. Happy New Year, Law. DC for life, peeps. Out here, FU haters. I can't make this stuff up. People will believe and people will love the Niners more than what they see out of us. They will love the Eagles. Cowboys people will love any other team but not believing on their own team. I can't make this stuff up. What about when you're up against the struggles? Write this down. You may learn something, Thomas. Meet it squarely face to face. Lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet and take a brace. When it's vain to try to dodge it, do the best that you can do. You may fall, you may conquer. See that thing all the way through. And that's what we've been doing. Black may be the clouds about you and your future may seem grim. But don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fight and trim. That's what we've been doing, eight and two. Even hope may seem then with trouble but remember you facing what other legends have met keep your head high eyes through the finish see this thing all the way through cowboy nation that's been my time i really thank you all for yours and remember you're listening to nothing but the best roll those credits now we want to count how much money these guys are making. Yo. Nowadays, nothing really is tight. one of me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell them I fight more cowboy fans than Eagle fans. I fight more cowboy fans than Giants fans. I fight more Cowboy fans than Washington fans. I'm quite sure that one of y'all, one of y'all got kids out there that maybe not be that talented. But you pushed them. Let's go. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure that the Niners community is not reaching for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not saying that, hey, Trey Lance, when you coming back? They rally, they, they surround their number three quarterback. They lift up his their quarterback. They lift up their defensive coordinator. They lift up their team. We sully, denigrate. We say, hey, there should be no excuses for our team. Well, what were the excuses for the, for the Chiefs last year? What were the excuses for the Bills? Matter of fact, what were the excuses? For the Cincinnati Bengals What were the excuses for the Ravens? What were the excuses For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season What were the excuses for There I say the Green Bay Packers The number one seed in the National Football League With the best quarterback God ever created According to most With the number one wide receiver in the National League What were the excuses why is it all of a sudden that the Cowboys, we got to generate and fabricate excuses? 
Can somebody help the nation out? We fight our own. We sully and denigrate our own. We spit upon our own. Name me a team that got rid of their number one wide receiver or number two wide receiver and didn't replace them until week 16, week 17. Name me that team. Oh, it's the Cowboys. I'm going to take these kids to the park, man. Name me the team. Name me the team that got their number one running back versus their number two running back. Name me the team that fight amongst themselves, amongst who the running back. Name me the team that said that CD Lamb, he ain't a number one all year. Name me the team. Name me the team. Name me the team that lost their offensive line, Tyron Smith. That lost their right tackle, Terrence Steele. That lost their center. Name me that team. That's 12 and 4. Name me the team that lost their linebacker. some flashes on this thing. Right about now. Yeah, lost the quarterback too. <laughs> Both of them. Name me that team that lost a starting outside corner and a starting nickel corner. I can't find that team. Don't y'all know that if we were 4-12, it would have been the same exact same strap of criticism. Remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Let's go.
have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're gonna be, who you're gonna be, who you're gonna be. <laughs>